plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And welcome back to Cantrip Cartel. I know we're a day late and a dollar short, um, but sometimes work sucks dick. So, Matt, how you doing this week? Oh, I'm all right. My uh, promotion at work came through, so. Oh, did you get that like 20 cents an hour extra? Hey, it was 80 cents an hour, sir. Oh, it's 5% raise. <laughs> Someone can afford to eat McDonald's twice a week now. Except I don't, because that shit is horrible for you. So McDonald's before, is pure poison. Before you talk about uh, your day, one of the customers I was with today uh, services Coke machines. And so we were talking about, because he, he, he gets to be inside fast food restaurants, and we are talking about how fucking disgusting fast food restaurants are. And I was like, dude... Is there any restaurant that's like, like, who's like the best or like, okay. And he was immediately like Wendy's. And I was like, thank God, because I love Wendy's. But I guess the, I don't know, like the, the, all the Wendy's in our town, and it might not be where you live, but where we live, it is. Mm -hmm. He said one, I think it's one woman owns all the Wendy's in town and she's a fucking neat freak. She's a clean freak. And so those Wendy's are clean as fuck. The, uh, I've worked for a bunch of restaurants, most of them pizza places. Mm Mm-hmm. I did a couple days at Jimmy John's because it was over the summer. So I was delivering pizzas at Papa John's over the summer uh-huh. and all the students left. And so I needed work. Yep. Because there's suddenly no, nobody ordering pizza for the next, you know, two and a half months. Yep. So I tried to check out Jimmy John's, but it was actually in town, not on campus. Yeah. That is the cleanest franchise. That's the, as far as I know, Jimmy John's. Is the only place I've ever even heard of that actually cleans out their ice machine. Yeah. Never get ice at a restaurant as I sit and look at your. Yep. I they know. don't clean the ice machine. I was talking to. Uh, so I was talking. Except Jimmy John's does. Um, Ethan, one of our patrons, because at the time he worked at Burger King and he said, yeah, never get our ice. Yeah. They and I was don't like, clean why? Up. And he's like, because it's full of mold. Yep. It's it's like in that 20 to 40 degree temperature. Yep. And it just sits there and, and it's, it's wet. just wet. And, yep. like, you, the funny thing is you can kind of taste it a little, like, you wouldn't know it was the that taste unless you kind of knew that taste. And it yeah, just tastes I, a little weird. Like, if you get their water and it just tastes a little yeah, weird. Yeah, I know what you mean. Then, but yeah, but, it's, but it then made you've already so drank it. <laughs> the other thing he was talking about is, like, never get soda at, like, a 24-hour gas station because they're 24 hours. Yep. When do they clean their soda machine? And he's Correct. like, they don't. That's yep. the answer. And you can one of the ways you can tell, just look at the nozzles that dispense it. That's what he was saying. <laughs> so if they're if those are clean, you have a much better shot at, yeah. at the ice being clean and the whole yep. machine being clean. So he was telling me there's a couple places in town that he services and they will there's a few places that ask for extra nozzles so mm-hmm. they can put them on a rotation. Yep. Most of them don't. Most of them just they just let it ride. The same nozzle forever. Yep. Now, the flip side is Pop is poison as well. Yeah, that's true. So does a little bit of mold make that big a difference? You're already drinking stuff I that's mean, horrible for you. Clearly not. I've been I drink a that's lot of why soda. Whenever I go out, I get Diet Coke with extra ice. Yep. <laughs> that way there's no sugar. I'm gonna in it. maximize <laughs> that amount have of poison. As much mold as I can. Yep. And the aspartame in the diet pop kills the mold. Yeah, that's what it is. That's actually what it is. Well, it kills you're, all your gut bacteria. You're basically <laughs> drinking formaldehyde, so it's fine. Yes. <laughs> oh geez but yeah that was a, it was fun getting to talk to yeah. him because he's it's, gets to see a lot of things i don't get to see yeah and that was, jimmy john's was the only place i mean not the only place that's ever clean because i personally i mean you can attest to this i'm not like a neat freak but like when my job is to clean stuff my shit is clean yeah 
So like I've like I said, I've worked at several restaurants. I've opened, I've closed, I've run them. I've literally been the GM of one and a half of them. So like I always kept my shit really clean. It was something I was always on top of, which is why I noticed it at Jimmy John's because like they had people cleaning nonstop. Yeah, like that. I I worked there for two days. I took four deliveries and I spent the rest of the time cleaning. <laughs> That's all. Which is I mean, why like, I only worked there for two days. I, it looks very sterile in there. Yeah, and it is. It's like, all brightly lit. You can see everything, and they it looks are cleaning sterile. constantly. Because what they do, and this is one of the reasons, this is what I found out when I started working there. The reason why Jimmy John's delivery is so fast is they massively overstaff their drivers. Mm. So, like I said, in two days, I took four deliveries. Gotcha. Whereas, That's- like. The people during the school year at Papa John's would be taking between 40 and 60. Yeah. For like the good, like full time drivers. Yeah, they know there. what they were doing. Like, yeah, you'd leave with four deliveries. Right. It, and it was common. I mean, yeah. hell, you'd be taking them to the dorms where it'd be like, hey, we have eight runs going to this dorm. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's obviously the exception. But when in one run, I mean, they just call them doubles for a reason doubles or triples. Those are yep. very common. I'm getting that's like crazy. one sandwich for eight bucks a day to drive across town. Give it to a guy and you get a dollar tip. And it's like, well, I literally lost money on this delivery. No kidding. So I did that for two days and was like, I think I'll just wait out the uh, storm over here at Papa John's. Yeah, no uh, shit. All that led to me eventually working to FedEx because you have to pro tip. If anyone's out there struggling, I can give you within a year a surefire way to basic, assuming you have a clean record, to basically shoot straight into the middle class, the lower middle class, but the middle class. Uh Uh-huh. Deliver pizzas for a year, then find out where your closest FedEx terminal is and apply for a job. Yep, because you have to have a year's worth of driving experience of some kind. Yep. So, I, and like I'll tell you, I did. I was signed up to Uber for a few years. Yeah, that's how that, I got mine. Yep. You don't even have to. The funny thing is, they don't care. No. You you could sign up for Uber today, and then. Oh yeah, I did like February sixteenth, twenty twenty four. You are now an eligible driver. For I FedEx. did. I did like six Uber drives. Yep. Over the over the two years I was signed up, but because I'd signed up like a year and a half ago, I mean, you know, on top have a of years like, worth like, of four higher driving experience. Like for us, if you have someone that can vouch for you, so like one of our drivers once upon a time, he used to drive shit around for his band. Yep. But like for the last couple of years, he was the band driver, and the other guys in the band vouched for him that yeah, he's been driving, around, and that was that was driving experience. Yep. Because FedEx needs drivers. You have to be on the clock. Yep. And like Fed, working for FedEx isn't the greatest thing in the world, but it pays decent. It doesn't suck that much. It's no, a I mean, great they effectively place to start out at a, like 20 bucks an hour, though. It's it, going to bounce around depending on what contractor you work for. If yeah. you work for uh, Ground, if you work for Express, you'll be working for yeah. corporate FedEx. But like, And we're in the Midwest with those numbers. Obviously, if you're if you're yeah. delivering in California, that number is going to be a lot higher. But I mean, that's the thing is like out here, I mean, thirty five dollars to $40,000 a year is a good wage. Yep, that's a decent wage. If like if both people in your household are bringing around bringing home forty thousand dollars a year, you're doing all you're doing pretty you're good. You're doing real good. Yeah, assuming you don't have a mountain of debt. Yeah, ex- unless you're like way behind or you. I mean, you can you can live outside those means pretty easily. But if you're looking yeah. for a decent job, yeah, uh, being a FedEx driver is not bad. I, I told people that at restaurants, I tried to. So this is the type of person I am. Whenever something goes well for me, or I find if I find a for lack of a better word, a grift. Yeah. Now a job isn't a grift, but if I can find a way. To make money without like criminal activity, obviously. Yeah. I try to drag every single person I know up to the tier I'm at. Yep. Jake can attest to this. <laughs> Got me both my last two jobs. <laughs> yep. I tried to get half a dozen people out of Papa John's. And I was drug out of there by my 
myself by one of my good friends. His name's Austin. I won't say his last name. Uh huh. He got the job because his old buddy from high school got him on at FedEx. Yep. And as soon as he's like, hey, man, I'm, I'm going to go work for FedEx. I was like, dude, the next person they need to hire needs to be me. Like, and yep. he got me the job and I got three or four other people jobs out of Papa John's. Yep. And I offered, I interviewed because I eventually was to the point where I was interviewing people for our contractor. I got them jobs. Or I got them interviews. I tried and interviewed them. They decided they didn't want to do it. A couple of them just, quite frankly, couldn't give up weed. They would yeah. rather smoke weed. That's the downside is if you're going to work you're for FedEx, be drug tested. you get random drug screens. You can't, you can't do recreational drugs anymore, even if they're legal. But like, you can pay your fucking rent. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but like, so. e- like even if you live in like Colorado or California, yeah. it's still because because it's, it's Department of Transportation. It's yep. federal, federal stuff. You get you get pulled for DOT drug testing. Yeah, and there's it's bad news if you get in. It's one thing like if you got pulled, you'd be fired. Yeah. If you get in an accident and you kill somebody and you're under the influence and you're in a commercial vehicle, yeah. you go to prison. And the problem is you're for under a long the, time. You're under the influence if you're dirty. Yes. Correct. If you if you smoked weed three weeks ago yep. and, and you, you pissed dirty, you're yep. under the influence. And if you kill someone in a commercial vehicle, one of the first things they do is arrest you and drug screen. You. And drug screen you. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it sucks. Now that process isn't. I'm not. I've I mean, never Indiana. happened to me. That's in Indiana. Like yeah. it could be different everywhere else. But it's just like you got to kind of you got to make a decision. Yep. So but I always a, try to drag, it's and it's the same thing with FedEx. When I left FedEx, I tried to get as many of the people as I could on board at our new, new place, and I try to. I always try to look out for my friends when it comes. Hey, can to you that get kind some more shit. people on board so we can have some more people to do your job because we need more of you. Tough shit. You're lucky you even have me. Just think about it that way. I, so I was talking to my wife about it today because I told her because it, it, it officially became it became official today. I got my offer letter. Oh, signed I see. Um, I was like, what, your marriage? You've been married no, for yep. 10 years. <laughs> Common law marriage. <laughs> yeah. No. So it, it became official today. And she was like, how long has it been? I was like, about six months. She's like, yeah, I told you. I was like, what? She's like, I told you you'd be promoted within six months. I was like, yeah. I did everything I could to not be promoted. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, when I Before I worked at FedEx, I never went more than a year without a promotion. Yeah. It's not, I'll tell you, at least in this area, it's not hard to just move up through the ranks. Well, the biggest thing is, I've said, again, this is one of the things about just work in general. If you, if all you do is come to work on time, come to work every day, and try your legitimate best at everything you do the whole time you're there. Yeah. Any You'll. manager worth his salt will see that and just immediately try to put you in a position of responsibility. Uh-huh. And then you just keep doing that. You just keep iterating that every six months to a year, and you'll just keep climbing the ladder. Yeah. Like, that's literally all it takes. I, it's ha- yeah. I, I'm <clears throat> in the same boat. I've I've been a manager of some sort. Every single job I've worked at yep. longer than six months. As you show up every day and do your job. That's the criteria around here. At least for, I mean, like, for most I mean, of the jobs. That's that's the criteria for basically any position that doesn't require like an actual technical degree. Yeah. Yeah. Show up and do your job. The, and and have a a warmer than or a higher than room temperature IQ. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. If you are Average or above, yep. just show up and do your job. They're not That's that about hard. What it takes. <laughs> do you know who verifiably has an above average IQ? 
anyone but our patrons? No, Matt. <laughs> our patrons, the people who respect quality content when they see it. So they're blind. <laughs> so if you want to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash cartel and get your name shouted out and get tons of other benefits like extra content every week, access to the Discord. Um, there's all kinds of extra. There's merch in there, too, we can uh, we have access to. Uh, like Emperor, who puts us up on Reddit every week. Huge thank you. Ramblin' Rogue, Ashley, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, Nate, Jameson, Asphalt, Ted, Mumbledown, and Rob M. Thank you all for your support. Thank you for joining the club. Thank you for helping us out. Uh, Matt, how's Legacy looking? This overall challenge for Sunday looks pretty much ideal. Um, it's just one data point, but the world is not... It's not completely dominated by initiative. It's not completely dominated by Delver. We'll get into the numbers oh my God. later. You see 10th place? Yeah. Though I was going to bring it up. Whoa. 10th place is Maverick. Yeah. So we have a fair non-blue deck. No shit. Almost top aided. Um, and if I remember, yeah, there was, we've got elves showing up. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't really, you know, any meta where elves is good. I'm I mean, elves does okay have with. a slightly disproportionate meta share of the top eight. It does. Now, there is one caveat to this. There is a couple, they, they've kind of split Delver into Blue Red Delver and Grixis Tempo. So there's a couple more Delver. Uh-huh. And as we've discussed, the Grixis Tempo is basically just Delver with snuff outs. Yeah. So, like, it's not perfect, <clears throat> but it's definitely better than we've seen in a while. Yeah. So. I mean, you've only got, looking through, I think there's, they've only got two Grixis on the list. Yeah. They're, basically, there's six instead of four Delver. Yeah, so you're looking at right around 18, 19% Delver. Uh, going off the top creatures, Murktide region is in 25% of decks. And I know that's not one for one. DRC is in 19%. That's pretty close, yeah. So somewhere in between there. Obviously, Murktide's good enough yeah, that it sees play in some non-Delver decks. As we're about to cover, Delverless Delver's back. Yes, it is. First place, we've got Stu 90-90-90 with blue-red Delver with two new cards in it yes one of them that i think is good one of them that i'm still dubious on yeah we're gonna uh we'll go through it we don't need to cover the whole list but we do need to make note of the uh important changes so we've got drcs murktides the four uh, full of each the full four of each uh one brazen borrower and then we've got three mercurial spell dancer let me zoom in on this card because there's like nine lines of, uh, there's probably ten of course lines there is. of text. It costs two mana. Why wouldn't it have ten lines of text? Nine lines of text. <laughs> yep. One in a blue for a 2-1 Phyrexian Rogue. Mercurial Spell Dancer can't be blocked. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put an oil counter on Mercurial Spell Dancer. And whenever Mercurial Spell Dancer deals combat damage to a player, you may remove two oil counters from it. If you do... When you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets. Is this card good? A two mana two one that if you cast two spells and if it hits your opponent, you get to copy a spell that you cast. I think the card is definitely good. I don't know for sure. And we were talking about this before we recorded whether or not it will long-term see play. It's obviously testable. Yep. Um, I mean, three of them in first place. Three of them in first place. But again, it's the Delver shell. So the idea that it can't top eight with a couple bad cards is, yeah. it's not unheard of. We've seen it before. We saw 
uh delverless delver with ledger shredder in its place that didn't last very long nope um so like there's room the the power of the deck which kind of goes to show you the argument we've been making that the power of the deck is drc murktide and expressive iteration because yep. they're all still here oh. now to be fair the the yeah. obvious power of the deck is ponder and brainstorm yeah yeah yeah. but, but those are the cards which that we're... we we still agree on banning those but yeah so it's funny this uh, aspiring spike who's a I, i'm a fan of he's not a fan of us but i'm a huge fan of was playing against drc on stream one day and was actually talking about how like it just seems like everyone just kind of ignores how good drc is and how maybe drc was actually the problem is actually what's actually wrong with magic sometimes how it's drc lets you see so many cards and i'm like thank you someone who has an audience saying it too yeah to be fair i think a lot of people i i think everyone recognizes that drc also shouldn't exist the problem is at least as far as that argument goes expressive iteration is infinitely more splashable because just because of the fact i mean you see it in control decks comment like it, it's just a way more broad card and in my opinion expressive iteration is probably a more powerful card that's i iffy. don't know i it's an argument sitting there but well the biggest thing the biggest reason why is outside of counter spells expressive iteration just resolves against most decks expressive expressive iteration just resolves drc is a creature that dies to a lot of removal so Ooh. there's a lot of times where what happens yeah. is people play drc and it dies and it dies it does die to every removal spell. and that's the thing and that that to me is i've said this as far as i know from the beginning and i may be misremembering this but that's the biggest reason why i always say murktide regent is the worst card out of on a just because murktide Regent is so much harder to kill murktide Regent is a bitch to kill mm -hmm. and it closes the game out fast yeah the game needs to go long for DRC to start accruing mm. broken amount advantage. Nice. Like just casting a DRC and pondering once. Yeah, you get to see an extra card, but you put in an extra mana. Doing that two or three times absolutely is fucking yeah. bonkers. That's, I think. I think once you hit your, I think once you hit your second to third surveil, it becomes which to, insane amounts of value. And, and I agree. But if we put the same thing on Merktide, the game's just over. Once he's punched you two or three times, the game's just done. Yeah, but. <laughs> Um, you don't have to untap with DRC. You nope. can go on turn two, DRC ponder. There's one surveil, which is a third of a card, half a card, somewhere in there. On turn three or four, you can go, you can go DRC, uh, you know, cantrip, cantrip, uh, bolt, fill my graveyard. So the next turn, now you you were three turns away from Murktide. Now you're at Murktide. As I, it's there's an argument we, to be had. I know. Don't get me wrong, and that's not what I'm trying to say. But it's just as far as that goes. I think anyone who pays attention knows that DRC is also a problem card. Yeah. It's just it's one of those things where we've had this argument before, where it's like one's a 13, one's a 12, and one's an 11. Anything above a 10 should get banned. Mm -hmm. Like that's the yeah. argument we're having. <laughs> where like meanwhile, brainstorm and ponder are like 15s. Yeah. They're pretty good. So like I don't know. Mercurial spell dancer is probably an eight. I stand maybe by the seven on the or on this number scale. I stand by that if Merktide is a thirteen and DRC is a twelve, if you ban DRC, Merktide becomes a twelve, or even a not, or even like an eleven, maybe because it's so much harder to get. A, I think I think the way God intended Merktide to be cast was either you run a bunch of self mill, which most of those cards are kind of bad, or you cast six spells. To make a big Murktide. Because I think a 4-4 Murktide, I'm not scared of a 4-4 Murktide particularly. I'm scared of a 6-6 Murktide, an 8-8 Murktide. And you cast six spells. Problem is, no one casts six spells. They cast three. Mm -hmm. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm, again, we've talked about it before. Yeah. These... I'd love to see a world. I'd love to see how Murktide, 
plays without DRC. Yep. Um, anyway, anywho, Mercurial Spell Dancer. Mercurial Spell Dancer. That card to me, it the it's the biggest it. argument I've heard, and if, this wasn't just from you, but I've been doing some reading about it as well, is there's a lot of hoops to jump through. I don't really look at it that way in the same way that I don't think DRC has a, a lot of hoops to jump through either. Like what you want to be doing is casting non-creature spells and attacking. Uh-huh. And that's exactly what Mercurial Spell Dancer does. So like you cast it on turn two, you attack on turn three, or you you could double cantrip. You could if you attack, pop pop, cast your you, well, you could immediately start doing it. If you had three one drops. Because you would need to, I, a tr- it triggers off non-creature spells though. Yeah. Right? So I mean, in theory, yeah, so you, you wouldn't have like, to turn do that. two bobble. Well, let's do the most common case. Turn two, cast it. Yeah. Lightning bolt, daze, one counter. <laughs> like, oh, like, like you're saying, yeah, you're dazing you per- their you're, spell. You daze their thing. You yeah. force a well a thing, and now it has counters. <clears throat> now you swing in, expressive iteration, t- twice. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, and I'm not, I'm not sold on the card. Uh, that to me is probably its ceiling. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, I think it's. I personally see its floor as being a little bit better than a lot of people do. The floor people just look at it as kind of a shit um, creature. And to be fair, it kind of is unblockable. In my opinion, is pretty good. Uh, it's okay, especially in a creature format like Legacy a, is. Well, initiatives everywhere, so it always takes back the initiative. Yeah. Um, it's not the same, but like you see. One of the biggest reasons, there were two main reasons True Name Nemesis sees play, and it's not because it blocks, it's because it's unblockable and unkillable. Uh-huh. Most of your threats in Delver are kind of pseudo-unkillable anyways, because you have run so much protection. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah. you need to protect it, but protecting it puts on counters. So, again, that's something you want to do anyways. Uh-huh. And by protecting it, you effectively draw cards. So it's kind of like one of those things, same thing with DRC, where it's like, I want to protect this creature because every time I daze your thing trying to kill it, I just yeah. surveil one. Yeah. I want to protect Murtide Regent because the game's just over. I mean, that oh, one's yeah. obvious. This one obviously doesn't kill them in three hits. No. <laughs> but, I mean, and not to mention, if if expressive iteration is a ceiling, the middle ground to me is lightning bolt, at which point this becomes a very real threat. Doubling a lightning bolt fucking immediately. Yeah. That effectively puts it at true name nemesis and power. It's um it's been compared to D, uh Dry, not uh Dreadhorde Arcanist mm-hmm. because you get this pseudo doubling effect. I think it's definitely way worse than Dreadhorde Arcanist. Oh, for sure. It's um, it's like, it's more aggressive. People have been asking like is like is it there. as good as Dreadhorde? It's not even close. No. Like you have to have the card in hand. You can't you don't get to you don't get to steal cards from your graveyard. It doesn't do it every turn unless you're casting a ton of spells. But like I'd like I, the ceiling of Mercurial Spell Dancer, in my opinion, is doubling up on an expressive iteration. Within but, reason, obviously, the ceiling is doubling up on anything. But where it's actually going to see yeah, play the problem, is like, expressive. The iteration. problem is like I mean, like even doubling up expressive, you get lots of selection, but it's going to be hard to be casting multiple spells after your expressive because you only get one land drop. So unless you're hitting like another bobble or something, it's going to be hard to be getting your full four cards out of two expressives when you can only play one more land this turn. Yeah, but you don't necessarily have to do it on turn three, and that's no. that's where expressive I mean, yeah, often like, isn't cast during turn. If we're on turn, I think it is. Well, it's, I, that's the goal by itself. Yeah. But again, you go. But with this, I mean, like, you it, just like on turn or on turn three, like on turn stuff. five, it's obviously one of the best things you can do in, in legacy. Yep. Probably is expressive twice for free, mm-hmm. or expressive an extra time for free. I don't know. Like I said, I'm I'm very much in that camp of like it takes a lot of setup, but then it, maybe it's just another lightning rod. 
Like, and there's just more, there's just another light. Like, I would rather get hit by Delver. So I will say that. Yep. I would rather take a hit from Delver than a hit from Mercurial. I think that's a big advantage. So, like, what I was going to say is if it comes down and dies immediately, it's worse than Delver. If it sticks, yes, you're putting one more mana into it. But if it sticks, one, it, let's say it's, it's double. I know. One more isn't one, I, two I isn't know. More We've than had that one. conversation before, and I agree. But you're putting one more mana into it. It comes down effectively a turn later, mm-hmm. but it Oof. it's always going to attack. If this sticks, it is worth one more mana. How do you feel about the Delver deck having literally four less one drops? So so that half as often they are going to establish a threat on turn one. I think it's the natural progression of this deck. Uh, Blue red Delver. It it's hard to say the deck has gotten slower because. Merktide closes the game out so quick. Yeah. But the You could say maybe the mid maybe the early and mid game have gotten slower. Yeah. And the end game got a lot faster. Because the end right. game used to be like Delver Bolt Bolt. Right. And it, the end game was also a lot less consistent. Yeah. Whereas Merktide just does the job by itself. Yeah. Um, at least it's capable of doing it by yeah, itself. Yeah, Merktide is Delver Bolt Bolt every turn. Right. Um, but the first couple turns seem like they've gotten setting up bigger stuff rather than i mean you know slamming a nimble mongoose or a yeah. delver of secrets or a goif like that kind of thing like delver used to like to me like, that's what tempo was it was like delver was like a consistent every turn like mo- like moving in a consistent chunk towards the goal and that you that chunk usually was was one or two mana that's all it ever had and it's one more mana closer to the goal and that's yeah. what an extra delver or an extra mongoose or an extra tarmogoy it's, it's one more chunk towards the goal whereas now it's i mean delver is following this like snowball progression where like the first couple turns are a lot more set up and then it's like okay and then you know turns like four five and six the game ends immediately mm-hmm. whereas it used to be like you you could track you slowly lost the game until like turn five when you got bolt twice when they bolt you twice but you kind of slowly every turn you lost a similar amount of life every single turn yeah, three and then or you six died. basically yeah and then you died yeah whereas now it's like you lose a little bit here and there, a little bit of tempo, a little bit of interaction, and then like explosion, explosion game. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, I did like that. That kind of like I still, I still don't think the card's that great. I think it's better than Ledger Shredder. It's definitely better than Ledger Shredder. Ledger, I think Ledger Shredder is. A, I think Ledger Shredder is Especially a mediocre for leg, card. It's, Ledger Shredder, I think, has its place in like Pioneer and Modern. Yeah, Especially maybe. for Legacy, I Ledger Shredder. I think I was absolutely right on that. Like. It had its brief moment in the sun where Delver was so big that it was trying to just cannibalize itself. Yeah. But I, just, I it, think this one's I just it's a matter of whether or not it's better than Delver of Secrets. Yeah, and I said I I would rather get hit by a Delver than this. Like yeah. this this is one of those cards like I remember I used to hate Delver so much. I hate I hated seeing Delver Life was across a lot from simpler me. simpler back then, wasn't it? And yeah, now it's like at least I look at Delver and it's just a creature. It's just a lightning bolt every turn. This Ooh, is six turn clock, whatever. This is this is card advantage this is and this is I, one of the cards like it hits the board and you go that's going to be a problem later yep if nothing happens that's gonna, like delver is not that you look at delver and you go yeah i'm dead in six turns or five turns or whatever well but, and again the biggest to kind of back up what you're saying the biggest thing with delver is delver doesn't change any of the cards in their deck well delver it doesn't get better as the game goes on yeah that's so true. like when you cast delver and you go okay it's a delver secrets i know what i'm dealing with i'm gonna get punched for yeah. three every turn and that's all it's ever going to do. Like is it effectively punch me for has three. no text. Correct. Like after it flips, it has no text. When it has no, 
Again, no snowballing effect. Whereas this, you go, cool, a spell dancer. Yeah, I'm going to get punched for two. Then I'm going to get punched for two. Then it's going to draw them three cards. Yeah. It's important. It's like, so like the sooner I get rid of it, Because I was better. confused on this. You don't get any oil counters when it hits you. Yeah. But, but I'm just assuming while they're, they're punching you, they're going to be casting spells. Yeah. I mean, Delver just doesn't sit there. Yeah. <clears throat> the so, deck, I should say. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's going to, like even if they double on a pawn, like I hate seeing a pawn or double up. Oh, it's fucking like, brutal. Dri- like that kind of stuff drives me fucking crazy when I see someone get to double up on a ponder. A brainstorm, if they don't if they have a fetch land, is backbreaking. Double yeah, brainstorm. Gonna, strictly without- speaking, I would say that the the properly set up and payoff brainstorm being doubled is probably better than the expressive iteration. I think way it's better. It's just much harder to do. It requires setup. Like yeah. like the setup for well, it's, it requires doing all the mercurial setup. And having a fetch land ready, whereas the proper setup for expressive is just and cast realistically expressive. It requires having two, because like even if you cast the second one, if you can't shuffle those away, yeah, then you're still only up a card. Yeah, I mean, but the trade up I mean? there is you've seen six fucking. Cards. Well, don't get me wrong, like, that's fine. Oof. But it's just it's at it. If we're going best case scenario, what is the absolute ceiling for this yeah. deck of this card? It's, it's two fetch, fetch lands or, and two brainstorms, or at least having a fetch land. You haven't played a land this turn, right? Presumably, you can find a fetch and fetch those away. But. Yeah, but like that's what you're looking for is to be able to fully brainstorm twice off of this. Yeah, which is why I think Ponder is going to be better with that card because it on Ponder average, is its own setup. Yeah, on average, you look I mean, at three cards, go, nope, these suck. Shuffle you them cast away. Ponder once and look at eight cards. Yeah. <laughs> If you, can, if you if you if you, if you want, want to the look maximum at eight number. cards, yep, that's bonkers. Which to be fair, to cast tell you it? exactly how uh, when you when you copy a spell, are you casting it? Uh, you'd, I'd have to look at the text of the card because sometimes it says copy, and sometimes. So if you do cast when copy you cast, your, yeah, so you don't so get no, you don't you don't get you don't double get DRC it. trigger. Nope. <laughs> just just trying to find the absolute ceiling of this fucking yeah. card. Some say copy the spell, then cast it. Some yeah. say just copy the spell. Okay. So, so yeah, I, just, like I said, I it does kind of boil down to I would rather get hit by a Delver than a Mercurial Spell Dancer. So maybe that means it is better. Although I would also love it if my opponent. I mean, like, so the the flip side of that. Well, I would much rather get hit with Delver than Mercurial Spell Dancer. I would love nothing more than for my opponent on the to go turn one ponder pass. Like that's just like when my opponent goes turn one ponder pass. I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. That's yep. such a that's and whereas like like I said, that's something to think about. Where like half as often. Half as often you have a turn one threat. Yeah. So. Yep. So the next card. Let's that do we 40 minutes about, on the next card. Yeah. Well, the nice thing is well, there's not much to talk about for the rest of the top eight. So we got some time. Um. So the next one is minor misstep, which from going forward, we're just going to call misstep. Yeah. Because everyone's going to call it mental misstep. Because I'll get it wrong every time. <laughs> yes. So it's a one blue instant counter target spell with mana value one or less. Yep. That's it. No that. 10 lines of text. Nope. They actually had room for flavor text on a blue card. Yes. Um, I think, so I've heard uh, multiple opinions on this card, and I, I think all of them are in some form correct. I was listening to Everyday Eternal, your most deceptively named bi-weekly podcast, and Callum and Julian both were of the opinion this card is okay on the best of days and dog shit on the worst of days. So one mana, you're, never, you're always trading card for card, either at mana parity or mana disadvantage. Uh, which is a downside to the card. You're never going up on mana. You're never gaining a tempo advantage. You're never getting them. Um, so I get that. The problem is, with that argument I feel, is while that is true, half the time it feels like in Legacy, I want to counter one mana spells anyway. Yep. And nothing feels worse than, God forbid, spending five mana on a Force of Will or two cards on a Force of Will. 
Like, I want to counter their Brainstorm. I want to counter their Ponder or their Swords. I just don't want to spend two cards to do it. Now, the sidetrack to that is finding room in your deck for these. Um, but I think Minor Misstep, like, has a place to play in Legacy. Just one mana to hit all the Chrome Moxes, Lotus Petals, Delvers, Brainstorms. But I mean, like... Chalice of the Void. Chalices. Well, no... It's uh, mana value. Dallas of the Void is, but isn't on the stack? Doesn't the doesn't add, don't, don't, the, I think the X is turning into numbers on the stack? I I'm pretty sure. Um, here here okay I, I I'm pretty sure I can tell you why. So let me give you let me give you an example while you're looking that up. If I have a Shark Typhoon out, which Shark Typhoon says when you cast an instant or sorcery, make a shark equal to its mana value. If I overpay for an X spell, I get a big creature, which I've done before. I've literally been like. I'll have like a march of march of otherworldly light, and I'll exile like four white cards to make it. I'll exile a one mana creature, but make it cost like twelve, and I get a twelve twelve shark. I believe it changes its CMC on the stack. Don't get me wrong; no one plays Chalice anyway. I guess Initiative plays Chalice sometimes, don't they? Yeah. No, Stompy does. Oh yeah, Chalice is around, um, and it's actually. It's getting its tendrils into other decks too. Oh, is it like coming it, back? It keeps popping up in like. Other things that like they'll be like, hey, like I've seen it in a couple eight cast lists. So Chalice, Chalice is coming back a little bit. Yeah, cool. I I have an old I have a uh, retro border Chalice. I'd be willing to sell to somebody for whatever they're worth. Anywho, this is irrelevant. We'll look it up later. I you're probably right. I'm I'm like ninety percent sure that the CMC on the stack is whatever you declare X to be. Yeah, but without there being without, without Chalice, like the like eighty percent of Legacy is one mana spells. Um, most of them you'd love to counter, but like, so like, so the flip side to that is you could have, you could, you could have run something like spell pierce or, um, Flusterstorm. Flusterstorm is way more narrow. Spell pierce does not age well with the game and is more narrow. I guess it's not more like, hmm, spell pierce. It's not more narrow. It hits less. Well, it hits less things, but it hits more things. It's a things. different type of narrow. They're both. Yeah. Because it hits, it hits different CMCs, but it hits different spell types. It also doesn't age as well with the game. Where like once they get to where they have three or four mana, as a like like on turn six, your spell pierce looks pretty fucking dead, but your minor misstep doesn't. In that, I was telling Matt earlier before we started recording, the number of times I've been playing and I'll have an advantage against Delver or, some, or somebody. Like I'll have four cards, they'll have one card, mm-hmm. or like like three cards and they and they'll and they're top decking. And I feel like in a good place as a control deck. And they top deck and they play like ponder. And I'm like, I really want to force a will this ponder. And it's probably the right decision to force will this ponder. But like, God damn, I don't want to force will this ponder. And I've been there. And it's minor misstep is an option for that. It's a very that. clean answer. It's it's like I don't want to compare it to Swords of Plowshares, but it feels like it's that clean answer for one and below yeah. where it's just like we're even here. Yeah. Now, obviously, so I think Swords Plowshares is a way better card. It's, I'm not it, trying to put it in that <laughs> realm. Well, it's it's comparable in some ways, but like you know, Swords of Plowshares can't do anything against their Chrome Mox yep. or their Dark Ritual, or but Minor Misstep does. So it's 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 kind of a difficult card to really evaluate. I think it's really interesting. I think it's a cool card. I bought a couple for Pioneer um, for a little side project I was working on. But I think the card is cool. I'd like to find room for it and play it some. But I don't know if it's like 
Everything about Legacy is so cheap. Minor misstep hits a lot. It does. I like it. I was I was comparing it to Matt. One of the things that kind of sold me on it in my head. Um, it kind it's kind of like Blue's Red Elemental Blast. It's a, it's a way to blast their Red Blast without having to run Red Blast myself. Mm-hmm. Like that's like one of the best things you, you can have. Blue blast, huh? So you can blast their blast. You can without you can, running the. Well, yeah, I don't blue need blast. I don't need a volcanic island to pyroblast their pyroblast. Or I I, I can py- you know I they I can pyroblast our pyroblast. Yeah. I only wish I could change this to have one or less or no mana was spent on it. I would love this to hit four so well. I was gonna say that I know they wanted. They very clearly didn't were trying to not break this card. Yeah. It in my opinion would be a slam dunk, not only power wise, but design wise. Like I think having a clean answer for all the pitch spells yep. would just one hundred percent be fine with me. One blue. It, it's one of those like that talk about like policing. Because if you're pitching, if you're doing it pitch spells, you're cheating. Bullshit. Yeah, you're cheating. <laughs> yes. That's part of what pitching a spell is. You're and like this is one blue mana, stop cheating. Yep. So yeah, that would that would not have bothered me. It would me. have been, I guess. Yeah. It would have been. It's not. That uh, wouldn't have bothered me at all. If I like that. it. I think it's really cool. I hope we see more of it. I bought mine. Um, I'm kind of excited to play. It. I'm not saying you should buy them. They're not expensive. Like a dollar. Don't don't spec on them. That's an uncommon. Yeah. But uh, I think it's a cool card. All right. Let's move on. We spent way too long on that. Uh, we are probably yeah. We're about forty minutes in. Yeah. So. <clears throat> Next up, Matt. <laughs> so the rest aren't going to be in any particular order because they were not scraped correctly from the website. Well, if I remember correctly, the website had them in the wrong had order. Had them in a wrong the wrong order and in a different order than this. Yeah. So, <laughs> so on top of being grabbed wrong, but they Stu were ninety 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 did win. Okay. So the next up we'll talk about is just Grixis. Uh, its list is Grixis Tempo. It's Grixis Delver. Um, I mean, is it really? It doesn't have DRC, so no. <laughs> or DRS. It doesn't have Deathrite Shaman, so no. It's not really Grixis. I mean, like, this has four snuff outs. Yep. That's it. Yep. This is this is Blue Red Delver with four snuff outs. I know. But it's... it's and two Underground Sea. Hey, the big thing with me, I don't mind when they include it if there actually are lands in the deck. Yeah, if they have Grixis, a they Grixis have mana base. They have to run Underground Seas in order to make this work. Even if they never plan on actually casting yeah. or tapping for black mana, they have to have swamps. The only thing in the sideboard is one surgical that you could spend black mana on. Right. So presumably this deck will never float a black mana. It could. It like, could. I mean, four is not impossible. With the way Delver plays now, like we talked about. Isn't that a crazy I mean, thing you that, just said, though? I know. Well, that should back up what we were talking about, where like the fact of the matter is, Delver is trying to play a slightly slower game plan. Hitting four lands isn't out of the question. I know that just and it never it was never like out of the question. Oh man, but but like it was very uncommon because even when you were hitting your land drops, you were trying to focus on wasteland. Yeah, so like you, were, you were wastelanding and dazing a lot more. If I was if I was playing Legacy two years ago and I looked across and you had four lands down with Delver, I'd be like, oh thank God, right? Look you at all the cards. Look at all the cards he didn't draw. I know. <laughs> Each one of those should be beating me to death uh, right now as a three-something flyer. And now you're like, I mean, it's only four mana. Delver can pay for that. Mm-hmm. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So um, this one, it does not have Mercurial Spell Dancer. No. We cut a couple lightning bolts and some Mishra's Bobbles for snuff outs, and we have Minor Misstep again. Yep. So so the question, so then does that mean, that, is Minor Misstep then like the Mirror Breaker? To me, what I look at that in the... In the mirror, I look at that as a 
Pyroblast that also is good against other decks. And pitches to force. And pitches to force. Like that, that's a that's a big consideration too. Oh, it absolutely I've, is. I've run Pyroblast in uh in Jeskai Control and Pyroblast not pitching to force is real. Mm-hmm. And mental misstep pitching to force is also I hate, very real. That's one of the things that I it drives me nuts. Is like part of that is a meme the where pi- it, oh the pitches the to, pitch force. to force thing. Yeah. But it, the fact of the matter is, it's, it's a meme for a reason because it's fucking true. It's similar to the dies to Doomblade. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it dies to Doomblade. It's like, I get that every creature dies to Doomblade, blah, blah, blah. But like, it's also true. Like, if you spent four mana on a creature and it dies to Doomblade, yeah, you're, you're playing magic wrong. If it didn't do something with it, ETBs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the alternative. Well, and that's, I mean, that's the whole Baneslayer Mold Drifter argument where, like, yep. the Baneslayer just, you pay five mana for it. It does nothing because it's summoning sick. Yep. And then they kill it. Okay, well, you pay five mana for Mold Drifter, ETBs, you draw two cards, and they kill it, and you're up two cards. Yeah. Like, ta-da! Yeah. That's the argument. That's the Doomblade argument, yeah. what people are actually getting at. If your creature comes down, does absolutely nothing, and then is killed for less mana than you spent to play it, yep. your creature fucking sucks. That's why yeah. Tarmogoyf saw so much play for so long until Fatal Push came around. Yep. Because it could come down, it always traded at least evenly, and was a game-winning threat, mm-hmm. and then Fatal Push came around and could kill, kill it for one. Like, oh, cool, now we have an answer for this creature now. Okay, bin it. Yep. What's next? And now fucking Tarmogoyf's a $12 card as opposed to being fucking like $150. Oh, yeah. It was ridiculous. So like yeah. the the whole dies to Doomblade thing. Yes, it's a meme, but it's actually a really good evalu- way to evaluate creatures. Yeah. It's not the only way to evaluate creatures. It's very important. But it's what you should think about. If it can't pass that test, it probably fucking sucks. Like, you know how bad Monastery Mentor is on turn three? It's fucking awful yeah. to spend three mana and go pass turn and they go lightning bolt. And it's like, fuck. I concede. Right. And, well, the other thing is the cards that do pass, that, quote, fail the Doomsday test, or Doom's Doomblade test, but are still still see play. Like, the perfect example of this to me is, like, the new Sheldred, right? Technically, I mean, doesn't die to literal Doomblade. Yeah. No but, one means actual Doomblade. But it dies, that, to, dies to swords. Correct. But the fact of the matter is, she does so much where it's, it's not a matter of if this sticks, we, we're still playing Magic. It's... If Sheldred sticks, the game's fucking over. In a couple turns, yeah. So, like... Swings for six a turn. Yes, it may die to Doomblade, but if... And this is one of the problems with magic as a whole now, is every creature is a game-winning threat. Yeah. At least the one... I mean, like, the shit's ones got... The ones we play are. Yeah, the power creep has gotten so bad that every creature is on the answer this or lose. Yep. As opposed to answer this or your opponent gains some small advantage. Yeah. Or, like, you know, like, the game ends in four turns. Right. Like, oh, that's going to kill me in a couple turns. It's like, no, it's going to kill me next turn. Well, it's again, it's the difference between uh, Delver of Secrets, which is a seven turn, six or seven turn clock, depending yeah. on how many fetches have been going on, and DRC, where DRC never has to attack yeah. to generate game-winning amounts of advantage. To win the game, right. yeah. But Delver does, and it takes seven turns for it to do it. Yeah. yeah. Anywho. Six, seven. Yeah. I In my head, I always say six, but then there's also... The, they they had to fetch nerds. twice, so... Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, minor misstep. Again, what if I what if I play healing salve? It's true. Hey, there are decks where that matters. Lightning yeah. Helix is a card in modern. That is true. That is very true. Um, now burn isn't much of a deck in modern, but <laughs> they at least. Although to be fair, I don't think burn has run lightning a ton. Of, I I'd have to look at lists. Oh no, Boros Burn ran lightning Helix. Well, I know it used to. I haven't seen any recent lists to mm. confirm whether I know it does. Boros Charm, 
but Boros Charm does four, and it's just a matter of what that whether they care about the extra damage or the three life. Not to mention the other stuff Boros Charm does. Gotcha. So I've seen I've seen some lists cut it, some haven't. Okay. okay. It's just a matter of you know what Psycho decides to try to burn people out. Yep. So as far as minor misstep and the Mercurial Spell Dancer goes, I think we're in the wait and see. Yeah. Um. They both. I put them in the list of these cards have potential to be very good. Let the pros fucking determine whether they're good enough or not. They can yeah. do the legwork, and then if they keep putting up numbers, then I'll tell you they're, they they yeah. mean something. But I'm skeptical. We'll see. At least minor missteps, relatively cheap to test out. Yeah, and it's good. It's a cool card too. I'm curious if it has what. I'm curious what EDH implications it has because it's one of those things where it sucks in like casual EDH. Yeah. That's like, and it gets better the more competitive your crew like is. You get mental misstep in EDH, and it's an amazing card. Unless we're not, unless we're playing regular, like in CDH, it's amazing, right? And then it's immediately awful. That's like the uh, argument with um, Dockside Extortionist. Mm-hmm. The reason they won't ban it is like, as as tables get more casual, the card gets worse. Yep. So it's probably okay. Versus as decks get more competitive, the card gets better. But they're more competitive, so it's okay. So. Right. The the biggest problem there long term is EDH keeps getting more and more competitive even at the lower tier tables mm-hmm. because like if you just think about it like if you started playing EDH three years ago you probably have half a dozen decks because that's just what EDH players do yeah. they build decks they take them apart like your collection just slowly grows and you know every two or three months you buy one good card yep. you do that for three or four years and now you have a, a shit ton of really good yeah. cards and you're never gonna get rid of them. Because they're playable in so many decks. Yeah. Like, turns out your the, deck is. The, the floor of a game of EDH just keeps yeah. getting higher and higher because yep. not to, and that's just taking power creep out of it. Yeah. Even, even without dipping into like Tatiova, who's <clears> my really nice deck. Yeah. I just have expensive cards. Yeah. Like, because I bought, bought for a deck at some point because it was cool. And then I made a $30 upgrade and I have that card forever now. Yeah. And then you take into account the fact that so many people foil their decks in EDH. Yeah. Because it's such a, like, a, EDH feels more personal than almost any format. Um, yeah. And I think that's, uh, that'd be difficult to argue against, in my opinion. I think so. I agree. Um, no, so fuck like you. Let's do an hour argument. Sure. But there's people like me who, like, I built Marin. It was my first deck. So I started buying the expensive cards. And then I was like, hey, I'm going to foil this deck out. Yeah. And then now, now I have, have two, two copies of this deck. <laughs> yep. Now you have double foily right. shiny so cards. So it's just like, yeah, I have Survival of the Fittest in two decks because yep. I had my original. Then I yep. bought the Judge foil. Now I still have a Survival of the Fittest to throw mm-hmm. in another deck. And now the my average deck just got slightly more powerful. Now you do that across all the decks. and Yep. You do it for three or four or five years, and yep. yeah, nobody goes out and spends three thousand dollars on magic cards. But over five not. over five years, you might. Yeah. So closest I came to was going down to a, I think it was, I forget what it was, but I went down to Indy for it might have been a Grand Prix with Derek, and uh, I basically took my EDH stuff and traded into Blue Red Delver. Nice. I didn't spend any cash, but I just like went from. Thing I was like, I want those volcanic islands, those wastelands, those scalding tarns, those force wells. <laughs> just like make it happen, make it happen, bud. And he just starts in my EDH collection. I mean, it's still sizable now, but I mean, they're just pulling out like all kinds of shit. Oh, yeah, like because I didn't proxy at the time at all. Yep, so it was like, oh, I need to buy another demonic tutor. Yep. So, like, I had five. <laughs> gotcha, yeah, that adds up pretty quick, <laughs> but yeah. 
We'll see about minor misstep. Did you see the spice in third place? Um, yeah, the Tyrannix Rex. Tyrannix Rex. So third and fourth, the the decks we're going to talk about again. We're not talking about place here. Uh, we've got elves, and if I remember correctly, they're both natural order like glimpse elves. Um, yeah, Correct. they're both glimpse elves. There's a little bit of spice. So the f- third place by comeback has replaced uh, Progenitus with Tyrannix Rex. I can see it. The Does card's it, pretty fucking mean. It, it kills arguably a turn faster. You probably only have to hit twice. Yeah. To either win the game or they've, they've been chump blocking. The game is effectively over. Yeah. Um, well, and it's got trample. So, like, they yep. have to chump block hard. Yep. Um, it's got Infect 4, which probably isn't going to matter, but can. Well, you know what the Infect 4 does is it makes chump blocking completely irrelevant. Yes. You it's, can, it's, like, this needs to touch you once. Four toxic count or four infect yes. counters. Touch you once. Four. four touch you. It's a so, three-turn clock regardless. So the funny thing is, so is Progenitus. Because you and you get you know this, but like you play the Progenitus and pass. Then and punch then attack, once, punch twice. And then attack three turns. This is a three-turn clock, but it it starts right now. It's way harder to block. It's got ward four. I so guess I guess I guess I'm sorry. It's not harder to block. It's, it's is easier impossible to block. To block it's easier to block. But it's still very difficult to block. Um, it's very difficult to block. It's very difficult to kill, and it still kills in three turns. Yep. And it's way easier to cast. Yeah, you can actually just hard cast. It's it. legitimately very castable. It costs seven mana, four green, green, green. Yep. You can do that. Mm-hmm. It's not even that hard for elves. Yeah, it's one of those cards like you see a progenitus in your hand, and you go like in your opening hand, and yep. you just go fuck. It's dead forever. Like you, there's so few ways. Yeah, like you, like, you some can either mulligan. Don't, you don't even run Birchlore anymore. Right. And yeah, you're forced to mulligan. This, you're just like, well, I planned on getting to seven in a mana anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, it's inconvenient that I, it's in my opening hand because I have slightly fewer options. But you're just like, yeah. I mean, and I mean, by him. It, so we need to read this card, actually. It can't be countered. That's the other part of it. It also can't be countered. Right. Like, arguably, in some matchups, it's better to draw it. Because sure. they can counter natural order, mm-hmm. they cannot counter Tyrannix Rex. Yep. So it is a, it's four green, 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 seven mana cost for a Phyrexian Dinosaur, eight, eight. This spell can't be countered. Trample, Toxic Four, Ward Four, Haste. Yeah. Good card. So this for is a good this card. Deck. It's a good card. It's like if you gave uh, Carnage Tyrant <laughs> some a little steroids. more power. Yeah, steroids. He wasn't good enough. And uh, and Toxic. It's a really good card. Uh, it's really cool to see that in elves as, like, did they finally print a better creature than Progenitus? Because you and I have talked about for years that Progenitus isn't good enough anymore. Yep. Well, especially, um, it the biggest thing was it doesn't outrace a Murktide. It doesn't outrace Murktide. It doesn't block Murktide, and it doesn't outrace Murktide. Yeah. Um, this is probably just a coincidence. But it's kind of funny. Allosaurus Shepherd also turns your elves into dinosaurs, so we can now call this dinosaur tribal. That's true. <laughs> Allosaurus Shepherd's activated ability. Dinosaur and dinosaurs. So you can swarm them. You can have a giant Tyrannix Rex backed up with backed up with like little raptors. With little raptors. So it's yeah. even a little flavorful too. That which is matters to some people, including myself. I forgot. It does become it makes them into five. Five five dinosaurs in addition to the other creature types. Because I basically refuse to believe that there's anyone who doesn't at least kind of play elves just because they're elves. Oh, the deck yeah. is too complex. It's not like Delver, where you're just like, yeah. 
oh, this is the first time I've ever played elves. Let's figure this out. No, it's because it, they're elves. It's because they're elves. You like playing elves. Yeah. Now, that's not the only reason, but there's at least like 1% of you that's like, yeah, I want to play some little green men. So, yeah, that was a re- that's a really cool addition to see. I'd heard people kind of talking about this card in terms of like this type of place. Um, it's pretty bonkers. I've seen it do some work in standard. God, if that was a 9-9. Nine, nine. To just on average, just be a two a, it, like a legit like a they, legit if they fetch twice. Yeah, it's a two turn clock. Yeah, at least force the issue where it's like now you have to block because in yeah. theory they've got two turns where it doesn't do anything. Yeah, because sixteen life is, uh, I mean that's four fetch lands. Now most of the time, by the time you're casting this, you've probably chipped in for a couple points of damage if you're yeah. playing elves. Or, or realistically, what's also very likely is the first turn it attacks, the second turn you can swing out. Yeah. That's that's yeah. true. It's just I want if it was a nine nine by itself, you could just natural order because that's that's one of the biggest things this deck has when it's fighting sweepers. Yeah, it's like you need to be able to natural order away like a dryad arbor. Yep, because like plague engineer comes down and names elves. Yep, so like you need to be able to natural away yep. a dryad arbor and win with the card you get. Make one creature and then win with that creature. Now, plague engineer also kind of shits on that a little bit because he's got death touch and yeah. But presumably you'd be playing around this kind of stuff. Like, I mean, it's not uncommon to they plague engineer, you kill the plague engineer. Well, you're forgetting one thing, Matt. If they're playing plague engineer, they're playing black and they got black in their deck. So it was it was was it last Saturday or this Saturday where like black had two mono black decks in the top eight? Well, you know, lightning does to be fair, it is Saturday. Lightning does strike sometimes. No, I think mono black has mono black currently seems to be good enough that if you're a mono black fan you shouldn't you probably it's not idiotic to play it no it's it's better than pox has been in a very well, long time it, but no that that was I your mean, alternative yeah was if i wanted to play mono black the best mono black deck was pox the um with the recent additions of a couple cards mono, like mono black is a realistic deck mono black is good so long as no one plays veil vale. and then like they like it's kind of like um I, I think black in general or mono black strategies follow the same kind of pitfalls as like reanimator. Reanimator is good as long as no one's packing a bunch of sideboard hate or graveyard hate in a sideboard. And like mono black is good as long as we're not packing veils. It's a good check on a format to have. We're like, okay, guys, this is too fucking much. I mean, like, could you imagine if Delver had like a one mana card where it's like, okay, guys, I don't want, I refuse to lose a Delver. Here's my one mana card, like carpet. Mm hmm. Carpet's not quite there, but just like a one mana card, I refuse to lose to this deck. Yeah. And or a zero mana card like Leyline of the Void. Or a zero mana card like Leyline of the Void. <laughs> and so like and the and like black is will be held back by that forever, where if black ever becomes too popular, we all just pack fails. Yep. And I'm not scared of you anymore. But it is a good deck, I agree. Yeah. Uh the next place elf list, which with a cool name Dawson Creek. Was Dawson Creek? Uh Oh, one of the things we should mention, both these have snuff outs inside. Yes. Uh, so we're looking at what now? 11 or 12 snuff outs. I so believe we're at 12. In the uh, top eight. We've gone four decks deep. Right. <laughs> but, card's pre- card's again, pretty good. Card's pretty good. Then it breaks a rule. Yep. Don't pay for spells. Don't. Yeah. Play, play a spell for free. Oh, it's a lose for life. Oh, shucks. You mean that creature that was going to punch <laughs> me for, for four? Eight. I mean, just, I mean, just like, let's just do the initiative thing. It was going to hit me for yeah, three or four anyways. Yeah. So cool. Now it's just dead and yep. they don't have the initiative or they don't 
you know, take up they're or not whatever. Getting, yeah, they're not getting benefit from the initiative yeah. like they like they should be. But um, the next place elf list, it has a couple minor changes. We don't need to go too deep into it, but like it's got a second crater hoof as opposed to the dinosaur. Yep. It does have four snuff outs as well. Yes, four snuff outs. Like this sideboard, it's got progenitus. This sideboard looks very similar to what I used to play. Yep, this is a much more this is a much Foxies. more stock. Or I shouldn't know if it's a stock. It's much more standard elf list. Yeah. Fucking, it's ridiculous that snuff out is a $12 card. Mm-hmm. It's a common. Yep. But it hasn't been printed in 20 years. To be fair, part of the... 25 years? Part of the demand comes from Popper. Like, snuff uh-huh. out sees all kinds of play in Popper. I tell you? So I really want... So I decided for that deck I'm brewing up in Pioneer that I needed some... Just some easy tempo cards. Fog is legal. Mm-hmm. So I picked up Fogs. And I really wanted to buy Beta Fogs. But they were like twenty dollars. Yeah, that's too much. So I bought uh Mercadian mask fogs. Mm-hmm. Look pretty good. They're in black border and they were like nine cents. And the old border. And the old border, yeah. Yep. All right. Next up we've got Cephalid Breakfast. And we've got two copies, and since they're not in order, we'll just go ahead and do them both. Yep. Um one, the big difference is one has a Stoneforge Mystic and the other doesn't. Yeah. Running a Stoneforge package is Pretty serious, especially in a deck like this where Stoneforge just goes and gets the win sometimes. Yeah. Like having having two extra copies of Shuko in your deck, or sorry, three extra copies of Shuko in your deck that also can just go get Cauldra if you decide you need to be on a beatdown plan. Yeah. It gives you that kind of, that plan B that we always uh-huh. talk about. So, but again, there's not a ton to discuss otherwise. No. Although, These are pretty sad. I mean, one's running three Teferi, one has one Teferi. Ooh. So that... We had we did talk about demonic tutor last week. Yeah, and I'm I've been thinking about this whether because like what we talked about was step through was a quote <laughs> a power crept demonic yeah. tutor. It's a better it's a better demonic tutor, and that's kind of been sticking in my head. And I've been bouncing that around. I think I think they'd probably end up running the, the one of the things, and this might be the tiebreaker. Step through pitches the force, and yep. there's not. It does. There's not a shit ton of blue stuff in here, and replacing three blue with three black uh-huh. might be the deciding uh-huh. factor. But I think, as far as just what the, if we exclude that, I think I'd probably rather have Demonic Tutor than Step Through. Yeah, it's not an instant, but it gets. It's, it's also uncounterable. It is. Don't get me wrong. It is. I'm not denying that, but it only gets one of the combo pieces. Yes. It is definitely more narrow. Definitely way more narrow. Way it gets narrow. it gets arguably the most important <clears throat> combo piece. It's the only non-redundant combo piece. Correct? What do you mean? It gets the only non-redundant one. Like you can't win without Cephal Illusionist. Right. You don't need Nomads on core. You don't need Shuko. You need one of them, but you need Cephalid Illusionist. Mm-hmm. So it gets the non it gets the the non-replaceable piece. I don't know, man. Well, to what I mean, just to back my point up here, we were just talking about Stoneforge Mystic. And Stoneforge Mystic, yes, it's got, you can technically get a Cauldra. But, but like, it tutors the other one. It tutors the other one. Yep. And demonic, and for the same cost, and at the same speed. Yes. So, but it but, also gets so the then, other two pieces. What I think you would see then is you would see between two and four step through and one or two demonics. Are you, are you think? Do you think you'd run demonic over step through? Is I that what you're saying? I don't know. But I would say. Because we're not even maxed out on step throughs. I know. So, so obviously they don't necessarily even. Even in their own ideal world, they don't want four. Yeah. Um, but maybe they do want four tutors if two of them are step through and two of them are demonic. Right. So that's that's one of the things because we talked about it. The other thing we never even brought up that I meant to, and people were probably like screaming at the fucking at their speakers or their stereo or whatever, 
is Infernal Tutors a card? And Infernal Tutors saw a ton of fucking play and still occasionally sees play. Infernal Tutor is the ant one, right? It's the, yeah, it's demonic tutor with help if you have hellbent. I, that is such a cost, though. I mean, that is a real cost. No, what I'm saying is demo- demonic tutor just immediately replaces infernal tutor. Oh, it's yeah, 100% yeah, it does. A better. It does. It's literally, it's one of the few definitions of strictly better. It is strictly exists. better. It is 100% um, the same card, but, but you may. <laughs> is, there, is it in anything other than Ant and Tess? No. But we we were, but it is strictly better. What we talked about was whether or not that would see play in Ant and Tess, and yeah, the answer is yes. It is strictly better <laughs> because what we talked about was Wish Claw Talisman. Well, yeah, because Tess but doesn't usually of, run it anymore. But that's because it's Infernal Tutor has hoops to jump through, and Wish Claw doesn't. And Wish Claw is an extra mana later on, right? So it's just one of those things where it's like Demonic and Tutor is probably better than either one, one of those. The, but I'll tell you, but there is one reason why uh, Wish Claw is possibly better than demonic tutor is you can use a lion's eye diamond and still wish claw that's true i've seen i've I've watched brian cook play um and that's a pretty sick line where you can go like like you can like you can uh uh diamond diamond crack them both then wish claw for fucking you can still kind of do that because that's what they would do with infernal tutor you just cast the demonic tutor first then you sacrifice them yes but it's counterable it is I'm not denying that. And you can't there there's not there's not a window in there where like the spell resolves and then you crack them. You have to yeah. th- th- you have to you have to commit a lot more than you, you do. do to than to than but that, to uh, that's that's basically what you would do to yeah, turn yeah. infernal tutor still into get to, demonic to tutor. Still get to do that. As you cast it and then you and crack you it. Crack it. Now you have no hand, it searches and you get a demonic tutor. Man, nothing feels better. Nothing feels better. Like I'll trade my force for that. Oh, I've got fuck yeah. I've done that a few times. <laughs> oh, you have no hand and you just demonic tutor? Force will, bitch. Love two for one. <laughs> I'm down with that. But normally a good storm player is not going to do that until nope. they've uh, until they have to. Until well more than likely over. they've gone uh Veil of Summer or Yes. Silence or, you or Orm's yeah. Chan or Silence or whatever, where it's yep. just like, yeah, you don't get to do anything. Yep. Sometimes if I'm they do ditch my whole hand. They do just force check you and may, or the um what I have also got is and again it's, they don't want to, but they have to sometimes where they'll have to L E D into a uh What's that? What's the time twister card again? Uh, Echo of Aeons. Yeah, the time twister and Echo of Aeons. And it's like, no, 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 no. Nope. I don't get to draw seven. No, no, no. I like this hand just fine. Yes. Even with two fewer cards. Even with two fewer cards. Because you have zero. I'm okay with this. Yeah. But anywho, I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that point needed to be addressed. You're right. Because like I thought about that and I was like, Matt, you fucking idiot. We have to talk about, is it not, we have to talk about ninth place before we leave. So we'll talk about, no, it's not ninth. Where the fuck did it go? What are you looking for? Where's that reanimator deck? It's uh, seventh place. It's the redless one with Atraxa? The sixth place. Yeah. It's sixth on here. Yes. We have got to talk about this. Yes. So it's basically a pseudo show and tell reanimator list. Like our last two are basically reanimator. This one, this one says show and tell. It's show and tell on the side, doesn't it? Yeah, show and tell on the side. Let me look at eight. Let me look at the last one. Probably also has. Yeah, also has show. So and these tell are both side. essentially the same. These are both the modern, a more modern reanimator that flexes into blue for show and tell on the side. Um, so let's talk about eighth place because it's boring, or at least what's labeled as eighth place. Very boring reanimator deck. Four grief, uh, three archon, four grizzle brand. Like a stock list. Yeah, I yeah. see nothing in here interesting. The main is basically stock, and then it's just got that pivot to show and yeah. tell. The only thing interesting in the sideboard is an Iona for elves. Silence is something you don't see a ton of, but that's true. That's true. You don't see silences as often, and it's very good. It's basically a good like Veil of Summer or yeah. 
Orm's chant, like just yep. to shut them down for a Silence, turn. Silence, show and tell. That's all you need. Whatever. But or sixth just, place. Uh, you're not allowed to win this turn. <laughs> or, yeah, that too. <laughs> when they want to go like ad nauseum. Cool. Silence. Right. Um, sixth place by underscore INF underscore. Holy shit. Atraxa is seeing some real fucking play. So is Atraxa better than Grizzlebrand? That's the title. So last week's episode was, is Gush better than Express Federation? Is Atraxa better than Grizzlebrand? Because INF sure thinks so. Two Grief, which is already crazy. We're right, we're right down to six Unmask effects. No, they, they cut Unmask altogether. So we're down two to grief. two Unmask effects, two Griefs, three Archons. One Grizzlebrand and the most played creature in this reanimator deck, Atraxa Grand Unifier. Well, I just think it's, I know you just mentioned it, but like, let's rewind when you built your reanimator deck. Did you ever think you'd go, yeah, I feel like cutting these Grizzlebrands for two different creatures. <laughs> I know. Because it's not just Atraxa. It's not just Archon. It's both of them. Yeah. There are four Atraxas, three, three Archons, Archons and, and one, one Grizzlebrand. Yeah. Grizzlebrand is the least played creature in this main board. Um, so, Atraxa Grand Unifier. Three green, white, blue, black. So, three and then no red. Seven mana total for a Phyrexian Angel. Seven, seven. Flying, Vigilance, Death Touch, Lifelink. So, so right now, where we're sitting, we're better than uh, Grizzlebrand on stats. Yep. Same stats, more keywords. Harder to cast. Who gives a shit? We're not casting it anyway. Yeah. The, there could literally just be an infinite symbol up in the top it right. Doesn't it doesn't fucking matter. matter. <laughs> now, to be fair, I have seen some Grizzlebrands, Grizzlebrands yeah. like ritual chained into. Yeah, you can go that ritual, does ritual, ritual. occasionally happen, but that's so rare that very. Uh, they're very, you're very, you'd much rather have, if Grizzlebrand just said infinite, you'd still play it. You'd still play it. So, when Atraxa, Grand Unifier enters the battlefield, reveal the top 10 cards of your library. For each card type, you may put a card of that type from among the revealed cards into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom in a random order. Ten cards. One-sixth of your deck. You look at the top ten. Remember how, remember how good Dig Through Time was? Mm-hmm. Look at the top ten, and you get to put one of each. So that would in be, theory, seven or eight of them. Technically, yes. You could, you could hit hard. But in this deck, you're going to be hitting like an artifact, an instant, a sorcery, a land. Well, in this, if you look at it, it's actually built so you can hit more. So you're realistically probably going to hit a creature. Probably. A sorcery and instant is almost almost a guaranteed. Almost guaranteed. Artifact is possible. Yep. And enchantment. You have six enchantments. And land. Like, hitting six on this is not impossible. So if it comes in. Four is real likely. If it comes in, you have a 7-7 with lifelink, vigilance, trample, death touch. It's vigilance, right? Yes. So it comes in. Um, it's arguably as good of a beater as Grizzlebrand, or better because it blocks. Yeah, it can attack and still block. I was block. gonna say just like combat wise, it's better than Grizzlebrand. Yep. Like okay, so okay, this wins a race with this can potentially win a race with a Murktide. Yep, because you can attack a few times. I mean, every time it hits, it's a fourteen point life swing. Yes, <laughs> that's huge. That's fucking huge. <laughs> now again, Grizzlebrand so does so too. So is Grizzlebrand, but 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 it, this but it blocks. Yeah, this can attack in and block. Yep. Um. It draws less cards most of the time, but more cards some of the time. Because I will tell you, someone who played a lot of Reanimator, um, Dark Ritual and Tomb, Reanimate, pay seven life, go to 13. We'll say 12 because you fetched. Well, your Reanimator puts you at, yep. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, You're at 12 due to Reanimate. 
paying seven puts you at five. Mm-hmm. That's fucking scary. Um, a Traxa comes in, you definitely get less overall cards. Um, your overall, we could say your card quality is probably comparable because you're looking at the, you're, you know, you're going to be taking the cards you want anyway. You're, yeah. you really were taking two animate deads or two lotus petals, right? So your card quality is probably comparable. Your overall number is lower, but who gives a shit? And your beater is arguably better. Did they power creep Grizzlebrand, Matt? Well, in my opinion, they power creeped Grizzlebrand with Archon. He's pretty close. That to me, that's that. I think, I think Archon is the card I would want to compare this to more. I think Archon is worse on turn one than Grizzlebrand. Yeah. But better most of the other turns. Yeah, Archon is much better as soon as they have anything, anything. on the board. Yep. Um, But that's the thing is like, I look at this and I go, if it's turn one, I probably still get Grizzlebrand. If you have a choice. Yeah, if you have, if you if got, you have a choice. If you have Dark Rit and Tomb, let, let, let's say um, Animate Dead. Let, you're not, let's say you get that you get to start twenty life. Let's start there, because you do have you have you have six reanimation spells that don't hurt you, and four reanimation spells that do hurt you. Yeah. So, so if you don't have to hurt yourself, which one is better? I think the biggest reason, I think the big thing here is it's going to be there's obviously other concerns, but at what point of the game are you getting these? And that's the Atraxa and Archon are better when you're behind. Yep. Because they they help you catch up without losing life without taking so uh-huh. like you can if you just cast a grizzle brand and you're at five mana yep yes you have a grizzle brand but he doesn't do anything he's just again it kind of sounds bad he dies to doom blade at that point yeah. if you're at five he dies oh, yeah. to doom blade if you're at if you're at i mean arguably i mean let's say you're playing against delver because usually you are but if you're at like 10 life or less he probably comes in and does almost nothing right now Again, he's got lifelink, so he can help catch you up. Yep. But that's assuming your opponent plays into that kind of thing yeah. and doesn't just kill it. So yep. we're right back to what yeah. we started with. He might Bane so- Slayer versus Mole Drifter. Yeah. And would you rather have a card that is more often a Bane Slayer, but is occasionally but is also a better Mole Drifter, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So like most of the time Grizzlebrand comes down and he's still a Mole Drifter, effectively. Yep. He comes down and he he Draws effectively you- ETBs. And, and you lose seven life and draw seven cards. Uh, a bunch of cards. Cool. But there's a whole lot of time where he doesn't do that. Atraxa so. always draws the cards and yep. always helps you when you're behind. Yep. Archon really helps you by mm-hmm. when you're behind. Stabilizes the board like a motherfucker. Yes, it does. Like, I mean, you want to talk about racing a single Merktide? Archon races the fuck out of a single Merktide because yeah. his bitch it's is dead. dead. Yeah, <laughs> like, very dead. <laughs> So there is one extra layer to put on top of this that will help the viewers be a little more make better decisions. This isn't red black reanimator, right? This is blue black reanimator. Then, yep. like you were saying, Archon and Atraxa are better the longer the game goes than Grizzlebrand. Mm-hmm. And this is brainstorm. I mean, you got four dazes and yeah. force of wills in here. Yep, four days, four brainstorm. Sorry, four days, four force of will, four careful study, four brainstorm. You have a, a lot of blue mana in this deck. Cracks and me up the Shriek Maws in the side. That's awesome. The problem with Blueback Reanimator is that it's always been too slow. It's been possibly more consistent, but it's been slower than Black Red, and it doesn't matter. Slamming a, mer- a fatty on turn one was more important. Clearly, this week, Atraxa helped bridge the gap. Yeah. And it makes sense if you're going to play a mildly slower game of Magic, Crystal Brand gets worse. 
every time you pay five life to an attack or a life, I mean, every time you pay three life to a lightning bolt or one life to a fetch lane, Grizzle Brand gets a little worse because you don't get to pay up to seven life. You pay seven. Yeah. It's the, well, and the other thing is, is like Grizzle Brand becomes more and more of a Baneslayer angel the longer the game goes. Yeah. And that's especially true when your opponent knows what's up. Uh-huh. And they know what's up when the game goes quick, when the game goes long. Yeah. Like, you don't have, like, if it's game one, turn one, you have to keep a hand based off knowing nothing. Yep. So your Grizzle Brand is far more likely to stick. Yeah, because you didn't mulligan to graveyard hate or mulligan to removal. Correct. If you don't get it off fast and I kind of see what's up. Yeah. Then I'm, like, there's nothing for me to point. I mean, basically, if you play Grief... I know what you're on. Uh-huh. The grief sees no play any in any other deck. Nothing else. If you play careful study, I know what you're on. Yep. If I see if I see your hand at all and I see any of this shit, I know what you're on. Yeah. If you don't do anything for a few turns, like the yeah. only way you could like hide what you're up to. I mean, the underground sea by itself practically gives it away. If you there's un- very few underground yeah. seas floating around. Underground sea is either Doomsday or this. Right. Doomsday's pretty bad right now. And I, uh, you might be Grixis Tempo, or you might yeah, be there's a Grixis Delver, things. but not probably. I and mean, you don't get to hold on to that gimmick for very long. No, because no, you do like, not. Because you've got again, you've got days, you've got brainstorm. Like, you can pretend, but like your best bet is to go turn one underground sea brainstorm. Right. If you're I, trying to hide what you're doing. Yeah. You. You're now. If in fairness, if I saw that, I would pay you like ninety nine percent on Doomsday, and I'd play it like the problem is you can beat Doomsday. In a lot of the same ways you can beat Reanimator yep. with counter magic. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you're faking out to be a different deck that gets countered in very similar ways. Yeah. I do like the show and tell pivot because game two, they bring in ley lines, you take yep. out reanimates, you put in show and tells. And I think this list is probably built to pivot a little bit better than the other ones since it's just, it's a little more streamlined, anyways. So how about this uh, in the sideboards for there? How about this power crep ratchet bomb? The filigree silex? It's just a better ratchet bomb, isn't it? Uh, I'd have to look at the exact text, but it is very good. Like it's a two mana thing. Come in, put it, tap it, put a counter on it. Tap it, sack it, destroy each non-land permanent with that many counters. And then it has this extra oil ability that couldn't matter less, but I mean, it's just better. Like it just does more on paper. Yeah. I don't think there's a way to abuse oil counters in this deck, but it would be funny is if they had like a child of Coralus line, because mm-hmm. then you could like effectively sack 10 creatures and Dilma for 10. <laughs> that is possible. But yeah, I kind of thought about it the other day, like that's just a power crep ratchet bomb. That's kind of funny to me because it, it like it, it's ratchet bomb, but does more. Yep. Is it, is it, um, it's legendary. Yeah. So I guess it's not strictly power crept. You can't put, you can have two of them pretty fucking close. All right, I believe that wrap up legacy for the day, because you know we're an hour and fifteen minutes into the podcast. You know most podcasts are an hour long. Yeah, but modern's lame, anyways. <laughs> There's, I uh, it was in the in the Reddit post. Um, <laughs> Emperor put a attack like I didn't realize I'd said it. Where I was like, let's just go through modern really quick today, and he's like. Checks runtime. There's 45 minutes left. <laughs> Let's just do a quick, do a quick 15 on modern. There's yeah. an hour of podcast left. Yep. So anywho, let's wrap this up. Uh, Meta game summary. Other is the biggest category. I looked through it. Uh, it wasn't today, but it was a couple days ago. And the control lists were, um, 
I think half of that other category. Then there was a couple. There's this like blue red deck. Uh, the well, um, this, the reanimator the reanimator list is going to be in the there. The reanimator then. lists in there. So like there's it's not based. The other was what I'm getting at is not just a bunch of initiative and Delver. So it's, yeah. it is it is non Delver initiative decks. Yeah. Uh, then we've got four blue red Delver and then another two Grixis Delver for a total of six. Uh, then three mono white initiative. None of the other um, flavors of initiative. So yeah. Seems like at least this week the initiative uh, menace has been staved yeah. off and honed in a little bit on mono white. Which, to be fair, there's new cards, and the the other decks got new cards and initiative didn't. Yeah. So like you've got Atraxa to play with, you've got the dinosaur to play with, you've got uh, the spell dancer and the misstep to play with. So like that could be contributing to this, or yep. people are just like, I want to play with the new stuff. Yeah. Um, then you got elves, cephalid breakfast. Uh, we already talked about tempo, uh, reanimator, and eight cast. And some other stuff mystic mm-hmm. forge combo that's a little spice in there yep it's not new but it's something we don't see pop up very often uh at least i don't think there's anything new let me double check i don't want to really talk shit um no nothing doesn't look like there's anything Got haywire might that's a new card uh well the big thing it did get is mycosynth gardens so yeah that card's pretty dope it did get a new card yep i wouldn't necessarily i don't I don't want to say that I know that for a fact that it's like you know yeah. a thing now. So Mycosynth Gardens, uh, it's a land sphere, so it's kind of like the locust, which is a, yeah. a land type. Uh, but you can get a colorless. You can pay a mana to get a colored mana. So it's one of those you put one in, tap it, get a color mana, which doesn't really matter in this deck. But you can pay X, tap it, and have it become a copy of target non-token artifact, and that's just forever. Yep. It's not like that it keeps its ability it's not until in a turn. It just becomes Grim Monolith. It's just that forever now. So, which is kind of funny if it became Grim Monolith because you have to pay to untap it. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, like Manifold Key, um, Lion's Eye Diamond in a Pinch, Defense Grid. Like, there's a lot of things you could have that become a copy of. Yeah. Mesmeric Orb, that'd be terrifying. So. Yep. So A cool little addition, for sure. Yeah. Anywho, most played cards. There's that card that sucks so much right now jake i didn't say it sucks so much i, I said i get i get cutting it i know i'm just poking fun uh that's a little behind this but yeah behind the scenes joke that we won't bring up uh force of will no, let's do 30 minutes storm lotus petal ponder and days all that stuff seems pretty familiar yep force of will in 62 percent of x brainstorm in 50 percent cards terrible uh Merktide regent drc delver fairy and allosaurus shepherd allosaurus shepherd fifth creature. most played creature yep that there's just going to be a bunch of that shit if you look, there's a bunch of ties. So, like, for whatever reason, I mean, Allosaurus Shepherd's not even, shouldn't even be fifth. Grief should be, according to the numbers. Oh, yeah, because it's 12%. Yeah. It's 12% and there's 12 copies. This shit's so weird. So, I wonder if it's just, I wonder if it just makes a distinction between, like, the average number of copies. So, like, Allosaurus Shepherd, the average number index is probably higher. Maybe. Even though it's in fewer decks. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of weird. But who knows? Or it could just be something weird. And then top spells, Force Will, Brainstorm, Lotus Petal, Ponder and Days. So okay. that's Legacy this week. Let's do a quick modern because it's late. Yeah, it's Thursday. On modern. And I need to record tonight. So we're going to keep it short and edit. sweet. So I am. Oh, yeah. I need to edit tonight. So I'm sorry to the recording. modern fans. I'm sorry, Emperor. It's going to be a little. Yeah, we're only going to do another hour. On <laughs> no, we're not. We're going to do like 20 minutes. Sure. First place. It's going to be easy. I'm assuming first place is correct. Uh, Matt's going to pull that up really quick and check. I'm going to say, I'm going to talk about Zerk in first place. Matt will correct me in a second. But it's Yawgmoth. There's not a lot interesting here. Um, 
two endurance in the main to recoup that blood artist uh one hapatra so no what's him called yep zerk duo what's that finals. what's that creature called matt black 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 Garolf's messenger. No Garolf's messenger. My brain has been off today. Uh, no Garolf's messenger. After that, though, I mean, this is pretty stock. I don't see anything interesting in the main. Sideboard uh, doesn't look that interesting either. So we're going to move quickly on to second place. Uh, is it Merktide? It is. It is Merktide, actually. Um, yeah, I've been trying to say blue-red. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Because no one's heard that joke before. So are you are you are you referencing? Um, yeah, Mark. I was hanging out with Mark one day. We were chit chatting on the phone, I think. And he was like, or "Was it was it you?" He told. I think he told me a story when he asked you. But he's like, "What is is it is it Delver?" Because I keep googling I S I T Delver, and that doesn't make any sense because yep. we never talked about is it. The color the, combination is the color combination blue red and he was talking about it and i was like it occurred to me i was like wow that's fucking confusing yep um so blue red murktide three ledger shredder drc's ragavans murktides um a pretty standard spell suite um probably the most interesting card in here is spell snare this is one of those cards I love that spell snare. is very much a meta grab it's you you, you have to have the right meta to make spell snare worth it it's there's uh there's a lot of comparisons being made to spell snare and the new misstep card because they're both very narrow in what they hit but powerful when they're on so spell snare one blue counter target spell with converted mana cost two well sp- spell snare is the perfect example of what julian was talking about or at least a, a callum where You're spell trading. snare always trades you up. always trade up I now, don't think it just counters far fewer things. It counters a lot less things you want to it, counter, but well, it does it used trade to counter up. more stuff. But yeah, power creeps a thing, and now yeah, it, it doesn't is. counter a whole lot. It is, um, but other than that, nothing really interesting in the main board here. Sideboard also is relatively bereft of interesting cards. You want a quick little? Um, we don't have to answer this now, but just as a little question to ask. Sure. It's turn two. Your opponent casts a turn two spell. Let's say they're going to ledger shredder it. Yeah. You have mana leak in your hand and spell snare in your hand. What should you counter it with? Spell snare. All day. Sure. In my opinion, spell snare is the more narrow option. I'm going to use the more narrow option when it is applicable. And mana leak gets far worse in the game. It does. And that's that's the tension. And that's what people I'm not I don't yep. want to argue with oh, you yeah, about. No, it, I get you. But that's the tension. Yep. Is like mana leak gets worse and worse and eventually I, won't counter anything. Yep. But I think so. I I that's true. That's true. I think spell snare is the same way though. I think spell snare gets worse as the game goes on because you upgrade past your two mana spells. I think the point of magic for the most part is to upgrade <laughs> past your two mana spells. But given the circumstances, that's not how Are we in modern? Uh it that's it, that com- makes the question too complex. Okay. Because like, then you have different meta games and all kinds of stuff. It's it's just a yeah, question I, to demonstrate the point. I do think though, because then you can ask, well, what deck am I playing against, so and like all this kind of stuff. I stand behind what I say for a couple of reasons. One is, um, I do think it's better to answer answer use answers that are the most narrow first. Spell snare is much more narrow than mana leak, and as the game goes long, while you do get less selection in what you counter, you are more likely to deal with an opponent double spelling. Which immediately turns me either either the opponent is casting large CMC spells, where which turns mana leak on, or they're double spelling, which turns mana leak on. If they're double spelling, there's a much higher chance they're casting something for two then. Possibly. But that's what mean, I mean. But it doesn't even mean, mean that's what you want to counter, though. No. 
I'm, and I told you, I, I'm, I'm. Oh no, no, no! And the tempo gain is very real of a late game mana leak just to burn three mana. Mm-hmm. That is, I could, I do that in a pioneer. I've got some. I, I I play with make disappear quite a bit, which is countless. I pay two. Yeah, but it's. I do that semi often because I, I use it as a tempo card, not a counter spell, because it's very important to. I actually call it uh, to sidetrack a little bit because this is what we do. Thanks, Matt. Um, hey, I just wanted to pose the question primarily to the audience just on think Monday, about but I can't not answer this. I, I was playing against Ian, <laughs> who had a very good infect. I was playing Simic infect combo, which was all about getting rot priest and copying spells and going off hard. And he was playing Stone Brain, and the Stone Brain is pretty fucking good against my deck because yep, you could. There goes Rot Priest, GG. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I had a couple games where I was able to hold it off a turn. Because I forced him to pay the two mana. I you can have your stone brain pay more, pay two more. Now you can't activate it this turn, mm-hmm. and I get my turn back, and I could do enough to that the stone brain wasn't important. So as a tempo play, it's good. I I stand behind I stand behind my opinion that I think I would use a spell snare first and hold the uh, the mana leak for later turns, under the assumption that for the next couple turns, I believe it is equivalent or I believe it is a superior counter spell. And I think even late in the game, it has very good tempo implications, whereas Spell Snare, m- much of the time, is literally a textless card. But that's my opinion. That w- I will have one correction that, in my opinion, is not an argument, but it's just an indisputable correction. If on turn two, you pass with two mana up, and they cast a two mana spell, and you Spell Snare them, you haven't really gained any tempo, because you have also left one mana that you haven't spent. Yeah, that's true. So, that's like, yeah, just yeah, a correction. That's true, because you have, let's have two Spell Snares. Yeah, but you're not going to cast a second spell. What if I have opt or or uh, no? What do they what do they run? They what do they run? No, don't get me wrong. I'm assuming you're not going to do but anything yeah, else. Yeah, Obviously, under the assumption that yeah, you then you you have gained arguably no mana advantage. Yes, and arguably no tempo. Correct. So, yep. That's all. Uh, like I said, I, I'm not giving my opinion on it. Okay. Because I don't I don't want to turn it into a debate. You said well, you wanted to go short. Your opinion is actual garbage, like our third place contestant. But we brought up spell snare and spell snare. In my opinion is an amazingly designed card. Yeah. I think it's a cool card and it's an interesting place for a counterspell to be. Like a really powerful, really narrow counterspell. I mean, just to put it in perspective, when the original spell snare came out in dissension. <laughs> and it's never been broken and it's still seeing play. That is a very well-designed card. Yes it is. Okay, next up, that generic Ragavan deck. That's DRC Ragavan Ledger Shredder, a couple of Teferis. It's kind of the is it Merktide list, uh, no Merktides, white for Teferi and Prismatic Ending. And then it uses the Underworld Breach. Yes, with the Underworld Breach as a, usually a value plan. Um, you get insane value off of Mishra's Bobble. You also get insane value off of Lightning Bolt. <laughs> Just bolt, bolt, bolt. I saw a pretty sick burn list, or it was a prowess list, uh, that ran Underworld Breach. Because you get pretty sick fucking turns. Where you can go like lava dart, lava dart, lava dart, lava dart. Yeah. <laughs> like it's pretty crazy. Lava dart's nuts when it's lightning bolt. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it sure is. Um I guess lightning bolt's also nuts when it's two spell pierce, one spell snare. So there you go. Hey. There you go. Well, to me, uh, what this reeks of is expressive iteration. Yeah. It counters it, it counters one of the best cards in the format for one blue. Yep. That's true. That's very true. So I would definitely and it counters a bunch snare. of other shit too. It does hit a lot of other things, but it also hits. I, that's probably the big one. Like Express Federation is the big one. Um, but we've seen this deck before. It's been run, making the rounds pretty often, regularly or recently, and I don't see anything 
Uh, that's crazy interesting. Matt, they can't, they're not running Spell Snare for expressive iteration. They're running their own expressive iterations. Yeah, they can't. Why would you do that? If it's, if you're, it's not, you can't beat them, join them. Is that what you're saying? Because <laughs> you definitely should. You definitely should just, you join them and then beat them. You definitely shouldn't try and just beat expressive iteration. You should just play expressive iteration. Yeah, pretty much. Until it gets banned. Uh, in the sideboard, I don't really see anything particularly interesting. Fourth place, a truly interesting deck. Um, Domain Zoo. Now, unfortunately, a deck that doesn't merit much discussion in terms of deck building choices, because the deck building choices consist of what good domain cards are there? Play all of them. These five. <laughs> yeah. That's four. And Ragavan. Oh, yeah. No, there's five. Oh, yeah, because you have, uh, you what's it called? Line yeah, you have, you have uh, <laughs> and Tribal Flames. You have Tribal Flames. So oh, six. Yep. So there's six. Gotcha. My so, bad. yes, you have six good uh, domain spells and Ragavan. Uh, the Wild and the Cattle, which Prismatic is okay. Prismatic Ending's kind of a It's definitely spell. close. It definitely has pretty big payoffs. They don't run Prismatic Ending, but oh, it well, has there's payoffs. one in the side. That's what. Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, some interesting uh, domain cards like Wild and the Cattle, Scion of Draco, Leyline Binding, probably the most powerful. I mean, definitely the deck, the card that brought the deck back. Like, this deck didn't exist until Leyline, until you had the true payoff of being able to go turn two, binding, buy some time, or any point one mana yeah. o-ring for at instant speed the card is so good that card is only and that i maintain that card is realistically only as good as it is because you have triumphs because you can slip in there one or two triumphs and bam turn it on yep yeah i agree so a uh, cool deck glad to see it i would like to point out yes this guy did not fall and leyline binding has not taken over modern it is not which is good yeah it's good it's um i think we are so I, far I maintain it's the, the Simpsons meme. <laughs> Leyline binding hasn't taken over so far. <laughs> we are approaching answers that are too good. We're getting there. Really Leyline binding rides the fucking line. <laughs> I think prismatic ending rides the line. I think Leyline binding rides the line. Yeah. We are quickly approaching answers that are straight up too good, which is a weird concept because they're answers, which means they're inherently bad sometimes, and they're still probably too good because, as you've discussed. An answer is bad when there's nothing to answer. Yeah, lane line binding doesn't kill your opponent. And that's a real problem. But whooey, we are getting really close to being too good. Well, and the biggest thing is, is lane line binding is just so broad. Yeah, anything. It's non-land permanent, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, non-land permanent. That's my favorite line of text to see on a removal spell. Like, Anguish Unmaking, Beast Within. Well, Beast Within is just permanent. That... Oh, yeah, Beast Within yeah. is permanent. Yeah, so. But they get my... 3-3, three, three, but. It's my second favorite yeah. line of text because I would much prefer destroy. Well, but this is exile, so I mean, yeah. like that's a trade off. Oh, it's a good trade off. Yep. I don't get to hit lands, but I get to exile it. It's mm. a good Emrakul you have there. Be a shame if somebody <laughs> paid one killed it to kill it. It's not dead. It's just in. It's it's like it's in a moon. But um, okay. Uh, next up, we got Mono Green Tron. Hey. So Tron is back with a Mono Green uh, variant with some interesting. All right, an interesting new card in the main, Cityscape Leveler. Have you seen this bad boy? Yep. Been making the rounds. That's what I was talking about when we were talking about that, uh, the Pioneer um, Indomitable Creativity. Gotcha. Yep. Uh, an interesting card has been making the rounds in standard a little bit more than anything else, but eight mana artifact creature. So it's an eight mana, eight, eight with trample. When you cast the spell... And whenever it attacks, destroy up to one target non-land permanent. Its controller creates a tapped Power Stone token. And for reference, Power Stones 
tap for one mana, one colorless mana that can only be spent to cast or activate artifactability. No, it's not. It's it's you it's, can it's use kind it. of the reverse. No, you right? can use them to activate any ability. They just that mana can't be used to spent uh, to cast colored spells. Gotcha. I believe is what it is. A powered stone can be used to cast artifact or colorless spells, but you can use them to activate abilities. You can pull it up to make sure. Get me the the words. Um, Olamog, Karn, Ugin, stuff like that. Like other than that, it's a pretty standard Green uh, so, Tron. Taps for a color, uh, a colorless. This mana can't be ca- spent to cast a non-artifact spell. So it's not even colorless. Yeah. So it has. So you can only. It has to be an artifact. Now it can be a colored artifact. Well, it can be a colored artifact, and it can be used for abilities. Yes. Because I say it can't be spent to cast a non-artifact spell, yeah. but you can use it to like activate. I mean, this is dumb, but you can activate Alice Shepherd with it. Correct. Um, it's kind of confusing, but yeah, you can't. You have to well, cast artifacts. Good example is it can't cast Olamog. Correct. It cannot cast Olamog. Even though it's colorless, it's not an artifact. It's not an artifact, but it could cast Wormcoil. And now, obviously, you're not giving it to yourself, but you could cast Wormcoil Engine. Or the uh, fuck were those called? That what's that blue card that I talked about last week on the Patreon on the episode? Whatever, doesn't matter. I don't remember. It's the like I've things from Kaladesh, then. the the big robot guys. Oh, the Hulks. Yeah, the Gear Hulks. They go, the Gear it can't Hulks. Cast a, it can cast a Gear Hulk. It can cast a Gear Hulk because even though it's colored, but it's an artifact. Um. Anyway, after that though, it's a pretty standard Tron list. Nothing really interesting in the main. Uh, the only thing interesting in the side is like a Stone Brain. I mean, it's so you have you do have a traditional sideboard because you're not running four mana Karn. You're only running the seven mana Karn Liberated. Um, so like this one of Sundering Titan is kind of interesting because you actually have to, like, have to draw that card. Stone Brain's really good when you only have to tap two lands for it. Yeah, I mean Stone Brain's pretty good anyway. Well, but yeah, yeah, but when it costs effectively two, two instead of four, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty broken. Yeah. I was like, so I was talking with uh, some people at Pioneer Night because it's looping in Pioneer you have more time just in general and looping the Stone Brain is a is a line. With because four mana Karn will get it back out of exile, and most decks only have like two or maybe three ways to actually kill your opponent. Yeah. Like three, like three legitimate ways that aren't a fucking two-two. Mm-hmm. And once you remove like, first of all, once you remove one of them, their threat density just goes down by a lot, so they're less likely to draw them. And then when you do it again next turn, their threat density is down to almost nothing, so yep. they're almost zero chance to draw anything from you. And that's not counting decks. This is like Pioneer, but like uh, like Blue-White Control that literally has like Shark Typhoons and Emperors. And if those can't kill you, they can't win. Yeah. Or if those, if those are gone, they can't win. Stone brains. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking real, man. It is fucking real. Okay. Keeping the train moving. Sixth place, Mono Red Midrange. So legit midrange. Think Jund, no black, or green. So you have like, like Ragavan, Bone Crusher. Slash. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The modern playable flame slash to deal four damage to a creature at instant speed. Um, arguably probably worse than unholy heat, but maybe not always. So Ragavan, Bone Crusher, Season Pyromancer, and Fury, full four ofs. Well, you're not running any fetches, so getting that delirium's gonna be a lot harder. I mean, yeah, but you could just run fetches. <laughs> like it's kind of dumb to not run fetches. I, I say if that's what's keeping you off delirium, which is fair, just run fetches. Just run Four fetches, three mountains. And, like, I guess, yeah, you can't hit all of your mountains, but you probably aren't going to draw all your fetches. So, 
Not to mention, you could probably run less than three down to the bugbear. Three is probably too many because after turn three, that card, after turn two, that card sucks. It's a great in the mid to late game, but the number of times that's going to fuck you over is a lot. Um, I didn't even like that. Now, it's a totally different deck, but I put one. I tested one in my Boros Heroic deck, and I didn't even like that. And that deck is meant to run off two lands. But just that land coming in tapped so often is too much. Um, Flame Slash, Lightning Bolt, Spike Field Hazard. Ugh. I mean, yeah, get your pings out. But it's another land that comes into play tapped. I know. it's eyes. Now, again, this deck isn't trying to be fast. No. Uh, you do have four Blood Moons, four Fables, and four Relics. So a little all over the place in terms of like... Like, it, like mid-range is a bit of a stretch to me because there's not a big ceiling for this deck. Like, usually your mid-range doesn't have the ceiling of a control deck, but, like, it has a, a high ceiling. has some big fatties, some strong creatures. What's your strong creature? Fury? A five-mana pseudo-board wipe that has double strike? It's a 2-2, two -two, isn't it? It's a 3-3. Three -three. Like, but that's your ceiling? I think this deck has to be counting on getting Obosh out. Just I looking mean, at it. Like, that's a, an eight-mana. Ugh. I mean, if you... The rest of the deck sucks. It's not I mean, great. <laughs> and I'm not trying to, because obviously top eight, so I'm trying to figure out, because this isn't me trying to shit on the deck. Why doesn't it suck? This is Because it, it has Flame Slash and Spike Field Hazard. Right. So, like, again. Like, Spike Field Hazard answers Ragavan well, I guess. So yep. that that's something. But if, we talk, if we're talking about cards that don't scale well, because here's the thing in Modern. Modern doesn't have a ton of X1s, because Modern has Renin 6. Right. And Renin 6 put already puts a cap on how many X1s you can run. So, like, Spikefield Hazard's okay. It's not great. Like, Relic of Progenitus in the main. Four Relic of Progenitus in the main. Who hurt you? Who? Who? How many reanimators and uh, living end decks did well, you the, run into? Well, the fact of the matter is you have to, because this deck has no real game against any sort of graveyard combo. Like, I mean, that's true. Like, you, you're, not, you're just not outracing it. Oh, absolutely not. Like, I, like, I don't know what you are outracing. Well, you're your, not... But that's your only answer against comp because there's no there's no counter spells there's no discard there's nothing it's you run up against any sort of graveyard deck and you're shit out of luck. I mean I guess it costs one mana less, but isn't Hearse just better? I guess this can draw a card in the matches that doesn't matter, but in the matches that doesn't matter, you have Hearse, which becomes a ten ten. Dude, look at the rest of the sideboard. Lantern of the Lost, Soul Guide Lantern. <laughs> what is happening with this deck? <laughs> I mean, it's Blood Moon. He doesn't want to get milled. He's going to Blood Moon. And he doesn't want to lose two graveyard decks. He does have two Magus as well on the side. This deck has to be Obosh. Yeah. Because if you look at it, I mean, obviously they all have odd because that's the Obosh. Yeah. But like, without Obosh, how do you win a game? You know what's funny? Without Obosh, it's reasonable. If, if everything does twice as much. If you bring the stone. So in the world where you're right, if you bring in the stone brain, you can't have Obosh. Nope. But. I don't know. I mean, it's a cool deck. I don't get it, though. So, next up. Kind of shows you the power of Fable, the Mirror Breaker, and Ragavan, though, doesn't it? It sure does, because <laughs> those guys are pulling a lot of weight. Let me see if they run it here. They do. So, here's one of the decks in Modern that got probably one of those, like, just clearest strict upgrades. Um, Amulet Titan. This is Simic Amulet Titan, and it's Simic because it runs a Simic lane, because it has one swan songs in the side. Swan songs in the side. But Green Titan, Matt, what card is amazing for Green for or for Titan Amulet Titan that we talked about for Legacy? That that dinosaur, right? 
Maybe. No. I don't know. I don't know. That's okay. Um, oh, the garden. It's Mica got the garden. Synth Gardens. Yep. So pay one, tap it, now you have an amulet. Well, an amulet. A second amulet. I was going to say amulet, If for anyone who doesn't know, they stack they and do. that matters a ton. Yep. So you could pay a land. And so now your um, your Simmoth Growth Chamber comes in, untaps, tap for two, untaps, tap for two, bounce it to your hand. Yeah. One land drop, four mana. Yeah, that's this is one of the like Amulet Titan Hashtag can unban summer bloom. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just see how degenerate we um, can get. <laughs> amulet Titan is one of those decks that can absolutely go fucking bonkers with one amulet. It can it, it has explosive turns that can win the game because you get things like Dryad of Elysian Grove to or Asusa to get multiple land drops in one turn. It it to say that it goes crazy kind of crazy with one amulet means it goes like outside this fucking universe bonkers with two. The game just fucking ends on turn two or three. Like, it's fucking crazy. So, especially if you think about, you could, if you had two amulets, you could play Simmoth Grove Chamber twice. You have four mana. Play in a Sousa. Pop, 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 pop. <laughs> you, you, you're, you had one land drop, right? Now you've produced like 10 mana after playing the Asusa. So... Uh, the deck is fucking bonkers. Um, it was a clear upgrade to the deck. People were wondering if the deck would play it or not, or if it was worth it. It clearly is. The deck is already pretty good. I think the deck um, is relatively well-situated and modern as is. I'm kind of stealing that opinion, uh, or the, the validation for that opinion from Aspiring Spike, but it's a very strong deck. It does end the game absurdly quickly in modern, and that is just a clear upgrade to the deck in terms of just literally getting more amulets, cut and dry. I am far... Ha- that. All that stuff's cool. I love seeing Swan Song. That's one of my favorite EDH cards. Yeah. Like that card for it's it's everywhere in EDH now. Oh yeah. It the card's wasn't amazing. always. Really? Yes. You got so, me on Swan Song early. I got on Swan Song as soon as I saw that card. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, that card's good. <laughs> a two two. Oh no, I gave my opponent a two two uh, and I have forty fucking life. <laughs> Who cares? Did you know that a foil Swan Song is like fifty dollars? It doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. I didn't know it. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, I, that's on my list of Tatiova upgrades that like I just can't spend fifty fucking dollars on a Swan Song. Yep. But I fucking love Swan Song. Um and as far as the main board and sideboard go for card choices, nothing particularly interesting or different going on here. Uh, the sideboard looks pretty standard as well. Biggest upgrade is going to be, I think, a district upgrade, that Mycosynth Gardens. That's a really strong card. Yeah. It works really well. It's not even legendary, so you can have multiples. Like, of course. Yeah, it's a really good card. That actually led to some uh, uh, little bit of discussion as to whether or not cards that are titled the... Should be should, legendary. Should be non-legendary, because the Mycosynth Gardens, yeah. but it's... Dude, Balakid isn't legendary. Yeah, but like you could name something you like I, I get your point there. But you know, like it's like the something the is very much a proper definite proper noun, like the whatever. And it will the by Golden Gate the, Bridge. It implies there's one. Yeah. The Golden Gate Bridge. There's not two of them. Right. Because it's the Golden Gate Bridge. No, I agree. Do you know why they don't do legendaries anymore? Rosewater's talked about it. They don't want to make feel bads for play for new yeah, players. That doesn't surprise me because they don't want you to have to play a land and have it get killed. So they don't. They very very rarely do legendary lands for that reason. They don't like yeah. feel bads because they don't like the idea of you having to like pay attention to building your deck. Right. All right. Last up, three minutes or less. The Urza Saga. <laughs> Chess guy control. <laughs> uh, four solitudes, five planeswalkers. So you have two Jace the Mind Sculptor, three uh, three fairy to fairy time traveler. Um, the removal. 
you ex- and counter spells, you expect to see prismatic ending, counter spell, mage's charm, supreme verdict, three chalice of the void. There you go. And then your main win condition, shark typhoon, uh, leyline binding, notably. So Azorius control, right? It's two ma- two two color deck, right? With the triumph. How about leyline binding? Couple triumphs. A couple triumphs. Yep, because leyline binding is so good, the two mana control deck runs it. And then sideboard's pretty standard. The only thing interesting we've seen picked up semi-recently is this Celestial Purge, which is a pretty narrow but pretty good card, um, and Hallowed Moonlight, which is a pretty good answer to most of the truly degenerate decks. Um, the Cascade decks, the Reanimator decks, the Indomitable Creativity decks. Shit's on them pretty hard. Yep. And what's that? What's the... There's a creature to, that does the same thing. I can't think of the name. You'd think I'd know it because... Oh, um, Containment like, Priest. Yeah, Containment Priest. This is... It's, uh, it's not on a body. It's not on a body. Arguably better. That That's what I was going to say. Like, the comparison, it's not always going to be the case, but Hollowed Moonlight can't be killed in response. No. Nope. Like, while while your spell is still it on the It has stack. to be countered. It has to be countered or it affects... It, and it replaces itself. It cycles and... It hits tokens. That's another good one. Yep. Argue. I said it's not on a body, but it's arguably better because I mean, well, in this ha- deck, the body is almost irrelevant. Oh, that's completely irrelevant. Yeah, it's actually actually the body matters because then you couldn't run Kiera. Right. Um. But like, Container Priest has flash, so they're both instants. You know, you do get some cheeky blocking from Container Priest sometimes. Like it can cycle that way. Yeah. But this this actually cycles. So in in, in when you have two of them, you can just cycle one away. And hitting tokens is fucking real, man. Mm-hmm. The number of times I've had containment, I've I've been playing against and this is in Legacy, but like against um, depths. And I look at I look at the three containment priests on my sideboard and go, man, sure wish this hit tokens. Oh shit. Yep. So very very real. But other than that, and no. if you wanted to, you could try to make a token with Shark Typhoon and then kill your own token. Sometimes well, you got to flex. It wouldn't kill it, Matt. It's okay. exiled instead. Yeah, sure. The cool thing is, though, if you had a Shark Typhoon out and cast this, you'd get the token first, and then it would resolve and stop yep. their tokens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Let's wrap this up. Metagame summary. 25% Merktide region. Those isn't Merktide decks. That's a lot. Funny thing is, the next one is what? 14th? Yeah, but look, 11th, 12th, and 13th is Rakdos midrange. Or sorry, Rakdos and then Mardu midrange. Wait, what what we what we bump into Mardu for? Uh Nahiri. The unforgiving, the new Nahiri. That card's good. Have you seen that thing? I've seen it, but I haven't like thought about it in context. Basically. It's a it's a really good reanimation spell. So if you pay full price for it, it comes down at five and then it reanimates a five CMC creature. Do you know um, what creature it exiles it and then makes a copy of it? So do you know what creatures cost five and are really good to get for a one shot? I don't know, Grief and Fury? Grief and Fury. You know what else is actually really good to get that you can get? So you can Nahiri for, even if you cast her for her completed cost, so she comes in with three loyalty. Priest of the Fell Rites. Priest of the Fel- It's not in this deck. Priest of the Fell Rites is a two-mana creature. It's like a 1-1 one, one or something or a 2-2. Two, two. But you tap it, sacrifice it, to reanimate target creature in your graveyard. Kind of sucks because it has summoning sickness. Unless you Nahiri it out. So you Nahiri out <laughs> the priest, you reanimate one of your dudes, and at the end of the turn, oh, you got to exile the the, the, the yeah. priest. It's a pretty good combination. Uh, Aspiring Spike was playing with this in like a legit reanimation deck, and he's thinking about putting it in like legit Esper reanimator with Archons and shit, because instead of having like 
the persists, you go heavier on the the priests of the Felrites. Because mm-hmm. they're lightning rods. Presumably they're going to die, and that's okay. Because that, 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 either they survive and they do their thing, or they die and Nahiri brings them back. Yeah. So, pretty sweet. Hey, Shadow of Doubt. Woohoo. Just in one of the sideboards of Rakdos Midrange. Just another fun fuck you card. Hey, I'm going to fetch. No, you're not. I'm the draw card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, so we have Rakdos Midrange with three decks at 9%. Um, Domain Zoo, Mono Green Tron, Hammer Time, and Four Color Omnath at two decks, 6%, and then a bunch of one ups. You see 15th? Whittle Storm. Oh, I did you're... not. That's your deck. favorite modern deck. I I mean it, it it probably is. Like I am I mean look at the price of it, dude. I'm going to buy this fucking deck. You probably already own most of this I deck. I have well I have all the fetch lands and that's <laughs> most of the deck. I have I have like literally the entire mana base. So of this $500 deck, but I have You need underworld breaches. That's about $300 of it. Are they expensive? Oh, they're like 20 bucks. Yeah. The list that I was looking at I think it ran two Underworld Breaches. I think four is a lot. Although, in fairness, I was playing this like literally a year and a half ago, and we probably should have been playing just four <laughs> Underworld Breach because the card's fucking insane. But yeah, like after I played this a couple dozen times, dude, does this run it? Does this run? It has to run. It doesn't? What's the uh, what's the blue, blue, draw three, then discard two at the end of turn? I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the name. Um, <laughs> Whatever the fuck it is. It's uh it's an arcane spell and it's blue blue draw 3 cards at the end of your turn discard 3 cards ideas unbound yeah um nothing is better than casting the same ideas unbound for the fourth time <laughs> it is so much fucking fun yeah this is um so i have esper reanimator like fully built um i'm actually kind of foiling it out this is one of those decks that like I I plan on buying. Realistically, if I was going to a turn a modern tournament, I might just buy it. I might just buy the rest of it and just have it because um, I really want to play it. It's so much fun to play. It's very much that like we talked about um, like in Pioneer, where modern is a creature format and people are ready for creatures, and it just dodges all that shit. None this of one's your got DRC. Yeah, it has DRCs, but yeah. like none of your interact, almost none of your interaction fucking matters. And to be fair, DRC would be a fucking beast in this. Yes, it would. Nobody gives. We, at we that said, point, you're like, please don't attack. Please don't attack. I don't want. I don't want to lose this. What we said is, you know, once you surveil two or three times, you've gotten a lot of value. What if I surveilled five times in one turn? Yeah, yeah. Cards insane. But most played cards: Ragavan, Lightning Bolt, Expressive Iteration, Mistress, Bobble, and Counterspell. Nothing new. Top creatures: Ragavan, DRC, Fury, Ledger Shredder, Murktide. Still nothing new. And top spells: Lightning Bolt, Expressive Iteration, Mistress Bubble, Counterspell, and Unholy Heat. You see what's tenth on top spells? God damn it! Unlicensed hearse. Unlicensed. The card's good. Means there's more copies of that seeing play. Oh, oh no, never mind. Ledger Shredder. It's still seeing a little bit of play. I mean, Ledger Shredder is always like I get that it sees some play, but like. So, Unlicensed Hearse on TCG, $11. What the fuck is Ledger Shredder? Ledger Shredder has come down. Has it finally come down? A little bit. That card was okay. I get, I maintain the card's it's, okay. It's 20 now. Oh, my fucking God. Same set. Same rarity. Sees play in less decks. Twice the price. It's because a bunch of people thought this card was amazing, and they, they all bought 50 copies, and they're holding on to them. Yep. The card's okay, people. It's okay. 
Okay, Matt, is there anything else you got? Because we still got to do Patreon content. Nope. And, of course, our shorter episode is two hours long. So That's just how long our boy, episodes we are. We really found a niche, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I'll give a fi- uh, another shout-out to our patrons. Thank you guys for supporting us. Thank you for uh, helping Matt and I basically be able to commit more time to this podcast um it's very hard right now with how much we've been working and so like i i'll talk about it a little bit more in the patreon episode but i just like i couldn't record yesterday i just had one of the most stressful days i've ever had working period um it wasn't even that long of a day it was just really stressful and so I, that's like when you were talking about how you called me from india and you, you text me like we're not recording today i text matt and i said we're not recording today yep i'm going home it's like 5 30 we could we're not recording today no 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 so I'll talk about that in the Patreon episode. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Cantrip Cartel if you want to join in. We've got everything from a dollar up to like 20 with all kinds of perks in between. Any tier gets you into the Discord so you can chit-chat with us, with the group. We're talking about, and I, when I say we, I mean they. Did you see the post where like they want to kind of get a little mini league going? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that'd be cool, guys. I don't have time. Yep. <laughs> I are Between hosting Pioneer on Mondays, recording the podcast, and the podcast, I get like three days a week where I have no obligations. And that's realistically not enough. So, but I mean, there's all kinds of fun stuff going on. The community's great. We love chick. We chit chat about everything from chickens to card evaluation. So, hop on over to Patreon, throw a dollar our way, and you can hop into the discussion. But um, if you wanted to reach out to us and speak to us um, via snail mail, basically, you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Gmail, basically Cantor Cartel everywhere. Cantor Cartel at Gmail, Cantor Cartel on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that shit. I uh, still haven't gotten any emails, guys. So someone send me an email. Patrons, not you. I talk to you almost every day. Uh, you don't count. But I do like talking to you in the Discord. Yeah, you heard the man. You don't count. Matt, <laughs> is there anything I'm forgetting? No. All right, then we will see you guys next week. Yep, have a nice night, guys. So I'm going to I'll, I'll tap Lotus Field again. That puts me at uh, eight blue mana in pool. I'm just going to cast this Ideas Unbound uh, well, uh, with its escape costs from the graveyard again. That resolve. Sure. Okay. Uh, so that puts Storm at uh, 27. Uh, I'll cast Twiddle, untap this land, and Grape Shot. Storm is 28. Easy. Welcome, step on in to the Cantrip Cartel. Chicken match, chatting meta games, or slinging some spells, casting ale, sipping on blue soup, and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time, they're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies, where the praise homes of Sophia, some so scary, so legendary. Queer and ranger scrounge the sylvan libraries, for when the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground. Nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled, carpet of flowers unwound. Birds of Paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus, shepherd danced on dinosaur stomping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, thou and serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Strong cards with the cantrip cartel.